Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Because you've got powerful legs. How'd you get the physique? Was it gym or how'd you get the physique? Um, I've always been that She's actually not got powerful legs. Do you shower in your dressing room? Do you have a shower on the day of a fight or not? Tell us about the tattoos. Shut the fuck up, oh, you yeah. little prick. But then I've got the phoenix. Hey, prick. So I'll take it from Bob every day of the week. An absolute disgrace. I'm I sure no one will mind. Move him out of here, Daryl. Ricky had to go over for his fighter because he risked getting abducted and sold into sexual. I never said that. <laughs> Both have been rape victims. I'm not watching Frank Buglioni live on Saturday night. Get out of your mind. Jesus Christ, get yourself a life. He's actually a uh, priest. Yeah, yeah. It's because his brother John Fury eye gouged him. What have I told you all this time? He's going to end up sucked out, fucked out, looking for a hand. Boxing, um, Natters, Messenger Group. Oh, they're going to, oh, I'm going to be the king. Jay Pump, you know what I'm saying? Well, hello everybody and welcome to the 554th edition of the Boxing Asylum Nutters podcast. I'm your host Steve Wellings and joining me on the call we have Andy Patterson and Matty DiGiallonardo going live on YouTube from 8 o'clock every Sunday evening. The ad-free Patreon RSS feed updates shortly after the show concludes. Hello to everyone listening through the week on Spotify, Sports Social, Apple Podcasts and YouTube. Don't forget to leave a review on the podcast player of your choice throughout the entire month of January 2024. Nothing less than five stars is acceptable. We've made it into the new year. Who saw that coming? Happy New Year to you all. Hope you all had a nice Christmas, etc, etc. Going to be talking Baturbiev later against Callum Smith. That's coming up in Canada. In UA, going back in time, Boxing Day, battered Marlon Tapales. Bit of day of reckoning chat as well. AJ and Garnu, questions, comments, bell you the weeks. Throw in your shit in the chat as well if you want to. Uh, very welcome there, Andy. And especially to you, Matty. Whenever Ismail Barroso was coming into the ring against O'Hara Davis, we'll talk about that one very shortly. I got the little screenshot on, on the on the screen there, as you can see. He was doing a little prayer in the corner, as boxers tend to do. And I noticed a, a ghostly figure in the corner, just, just over to the right. You can possibly see I, I circled his face with blue ink. Tony Weeks was there, and I thought, my God, Barroso <laughs> will be glad to see this guy in the crowd and not in the ring. Little did I know, Matty, 
that he was to play a part later on. He was to play his part tonight, Mr. Weeks. Phony Weeks. I tell you, Steve, uh, I, I don't know where we're kicking this show off uh, exactly, but uh, <laughs> Tony Weeks clearly did not resolve to become a better referee in the new year. He's like, yeah, now let's just keep this shit show on the road, man. Uh, but yeah, a couple of first round stoppages there, Steve. Um, one possibly deserved, one not. What what a what a way to kick off the new year, huh? Yeah, well, tell us about the. Well, I I have issues with both stoppages. I'm a bit of a savage, as you know. But even the the, the most passive of, of boxing fans will say that Virgil Ortiz stopping Frederick Lawson in the first round of their supposed twelve rounder was a little bit early. What was going through Weeks' mind? Someone said that Lawson's eyes were rolling in his head. He waited five to ten seconds before he protested. Seemed to me not an awful lot was landing. It was arms. It was gloves. Ortiz was on top. There's no doubt about that. He had hurt Lawson, but that was an early stoppage. Matty, surely. I thought that was an awfully early stoppage there by uh, Mr. Weeks. Um, whether he's a little bit gun shy, whether uh, he just uh, was a little bit tired and wanted to get home or get to the hotel room, I don't know. But that fight could have gone on longer. I think it might have been delaying the inevitable, given that Ortiz did hurt Lawson with a jab, which is what initially sent him into the corner. But uh, uh, it was uh, just, um, I don't know. Uh, the, just come to expect this from uh, weeks. Um, the the difference being, you know, uh, Lawson probably a dead man walking in this one, whereas Barroso obviously wasn't against Raleigh Romero. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. Hopefully, this is the last large assignment we get to see weeks on, uh, the, because it's it's just getting a little too common with him. He, you know, once upon a time he wasn't one of the worst, but now he is definitely among the worst referees in boxing. Probably time to call it a day. Yeah, I think so, Andy. Weeks has been pissing me off for a while now. They always say better too early than too late. Obviously, we agree with these kind of things. But ironically, way back in the day, one of the greatest comebacks of all time, 2005, Jose Luis Castillo um, against Diego Corrales. Tony Weeks was, in fact, the referee that allowed that moment to happen. Why has he become so gun-shy, Andy? How has he become such a pussy over the years? Oh, I don't even want to comment, mate. It could be a factor of a lot of things. Maybe, Maybe the bottles went, who knows? But um, I think one thing we can say is that the, the stoppage was just BS, mate, to be fair. I mean, you said there was nothing really much landing. Lawson didn't seem to be really hurt. The only thing you could really say that Lawson did wrong was like he didn't even attempt to throw back. Just shelled up and then that was it. And then Weeks just stepped in and it was just... It's just, I mean, it does nothing for it does nothing for Ortiz as well because obviously he's had his problems. You know, he's calling it... Well, you know, talking about a zoo fight now, but Really, at this point, I mean, he really he needs he needs, or at this point, Ortiz need, need needs some sort of test. He needs to know where he's at physically. It's okay, kind of move up and wait. It's okay doing a training camp, but he needs he needs tested. I mean, there's been there's been how many fights did he pull out in the last 12, 18 months? Three, four fights, one round, and like probably what we're talking the last thirty Two months, years. give or take. Mm. Yeah, that that's. That's a Charlo-like effort, my friends. He yeah. pulled out against Stanionis, didn't he, because of that unpronounceable disease, at least once, maybe twice. But, of course, the other time the Stanionis fight didn't happen, Andy, I think Stanionis himself had his appendix removed that, or something. Yeah. So that, that didn't help matters. That didn't help matters. But as I say, there has been problems. There always seemed to be on the week that Ortiz had to make make the weight. So when he had to start making the cut, and start making the sweat, and then that's when it started to fall apart for him. So, and the thing is as well, I mean, we all know this, Tim Zoo, for all intents and purposes, is a killer, by the way, and you didn't want Ortiz going into a fight this off 
what was that, two minutes, an absolute mm. BS stoppage to go and fight like a guy like Tim Zhu, who's hungry, man. He wants to prove himself. Ortiz is, you know, he had the hype, and it's just, it's just, it's just frittered away, and he's it's unfortunate, really. But he needs, he needs to rebuild. He needs to be tested. He I'd needs like to, to go see... rounds again. He I does. Think. I'd like to see him against Castaño or Mendoza, Andy, specifically because of going rounds. Well, again, I, I need to really think, my because I obviously need to think about, he's up at 154 now, is there any 47s going to come up? Is his days at 47 finished? Yeah, he's done. He's done. Right, so... Oh, he's done at 47. Castaño would be an interesting fight, but he hasn't fought in 18 months now. He hasn't fought since the, the Charlo yeah. rematch, so I don't know what's up with him. Mendoza's a good shout as well, Andy, but Ortiz got to have more rounds than this man. And the fact he came in at 156 as well, this was effectively a middleweight fight, wasn't it? Yep. He didn't even make 154. So, I don't know, man. I don't know if it's discipline, illness. I know he's a quite abrasive, you know, irascible kind of a character, you know, he's not the nicest, I don't think, Ortiz. From doesn't, what look I've heard. Great. doesn't look great shape, to be honest with you. No, I thought well. he looked a little bit fleshy, but I mean, flip me, you'd rather have him in the ring fleshy than yeah, yeah. <laughs> the way he's been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I don't Maybe get Jay Bright, Mendoza, I don't know if Gaussi's still kicking about, maybe a Lubin type. Really test him, you know, give him some sort of test at least, but... Um, it's, well, they're not putting uh, him in Lubin now, will they? Because he beat Ramos, and doesn't he hold some version of the titles? Or he would fancy himself for a shot at least, Lubin. I don't think he would entertain Ortiz. But, but does, does Brian Mendoza not got go one of those fake belts? Well, he lost, he lost he, two Zoo, didn't they? Yeah, I think he had a drop ah, that right. interim strap. Oh, he had to drop happen. that, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I, I like him as the opponent because he has shown to be so durable. I mean, uh, and I think we really need... Some more rounds from Ortiz before he gets a title if opportunity. If you face him in the Eurobombs, could Banoff would give him rounds? Probably Jack Kokai would give him rounds. They're doing. Yeah. Um, I think they're doing Kurbanov against um, Madrimov. Yeah. Yes, that's right. They are. Yeah. So that should Steve be decent. Brown. Oh, I Madrimov, not I. So mm. um, Sorrow, the French boys kicking about fifty-four. I seen Austin Trout had a fight recently in Europe. That's an eight-rounder. I'm sure he had couple of fights here he could get rounds against. I, I think that's what he needs at this point to see where he's at. I mean, if he if he's intending to jump from, from fighting like that he did last night against Tim Zhu, I'll tell you what, I'd be able, if, if it was, if, if the bookie, I'd be, I'd be checking that one and see the bookie's got, got, the, got the stoppage wrong on that one, like, because it's a, it's a serious ask for, for Ortiz to step up at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Des has jumped in, Paul. Um, uh, Des, what are you thinking about last night, Ortiz against Lawson and going moving forward? I think Ortiz is always going to win it. He was a better fighter of the two. And, but I agree with what I think uh, Andy or Matty said. Ortiz needed rounds. But to go back to the Stony, the Tony Weeks stoppage, um, I don't want to get pelters here, but I always look at what, what the referee must have seen. So we saw Lawson get buzzed from a jab. There was 15 or 20 punches unanswered. And just before Weeks stepped in, he sagged. I think it was an early stoppage, but I don't think Lawson gave the referee a lot of choice. I don't think Lawson helped himself. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, he didn't do himself any favours, basically, in that position, especially no. shelling up and not trying to hold on or throw throw back, at least. You do something, you, you, you claim him, you, you throw back, you, you get you get out of there. But I don't know, he just, he just seemed to be stiffened. And I, I just always think when a referee makes a call like that and Wiggs has got form, what did he see that maybe we didn't? Look, I'm not, I'm not condoning a stoppage. I thought it was premature. Don't misunderstand me. 
But I, I, I was disappointed in Lawson because he gave, he would have been told going in, Weeks has got form for this. And he gave Weeks every opportunity. Barroso on the card. <laughs> Fucking, it's right there in Correct. front of you. This can yeah. happen, man. This can happen. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, looked... point. He, 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 he would have known. Going, Steve, we've all been there. Whether you're it's a referee of a football match or a referee of a boxing match or a rugby match, you're briefed in a change room what he's like. Uh, it, was, it was peculiar for me why he didn't answer 15 to 20 punches, why he sagged towards the end. But, you know. I think as well, there's different styles of refereeing. Weeks looked to me, his body language reminded me at times a little bit of Ian John Lewis. I remember Ian John Lewis stopping Paul McCluskey against Demarcus Corley in Belfast about 12, 13 years ago. And Lewis hovered and he hovered and he jumped in and he almost looked a little bit sorry as if to like, why didn't you show me something? I don't know if I made the right decision. I've jumped in now. There's nothing I can do. Some referees even hover and they will like like wave their hands. I can't think of the guy off the top of my head, but he'd wave his hand and go, show me something show me something or throw back you know he's like basically trying to tell the fellow on the ropes even though that's his job look I'm going to stop this if you're not careful maybe that sort of little intervening action could have helped out Lawson possibly and you, you'd have thought to, to, to pick up Matty's point we, Barroso's on the card we know what this guy does you'd have thought his trainer would have had a briefing with him in the change room don't give this referee any opportunity to get you out of there so it was it was peculiar. I didn't like the stoppage. I've got to say that. I didn't like it. But I'm a bit disappointed with a fighter for giving the opportunity, giving a referee the opportunity to pull him out. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, Ortiz was calling out Tim Zhu. Oscar De La Hoya as well was saying he'll go over to Australia for it. I mean, he needs more rounds, Ortiz. But at the end of the day, he's a fighter. If he's back, he's in shape. He's back in the gym and he can make the weight. If they were to make that Zhu fight next, I don't think I would necessarily complain if he feels he's ready. And Tew feels he's ready. Then let's go. Well, he was um, Ortiz was one five six weighing in for yesterday, and so he's yeah. probably well well north for one sixty going into the ring. So he's definitely not a, he's definitely not a welterweight anymore. Do I think he's ready for Tim Zhu just yet? I think Tim Zhu's a bit too hot. I think Ortiz needs rounds, which is to come back to the point the lads mentioned. A, a, a ninety second stoppage didn't help Ortiz last night. Would I would I put Ortiz into that one yet? Probably not. I'd, I'd give him another outing. In it, uh, who's the two lads up at light middle that you mentioned? Mendoza and um, oh god, who was it? Uh, Castagno. Castagno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So something like that would give him eight to ten rounds. Maybe maybe go to you know. I think that's what he needs before you go into a Tazu fight. But we all want to see more of Tim Tazu, and we all want to see more of Tim Tazu at a level. So I'd always welcome a Tim Tazu fight. If he's going to be competitive and if we're going to get the best Ortiz, I think he needs another tune-up. Des, just in case we lose you, what about we'll transition on to the fight on the undercard, O'Hara Davis against Ismail Barroso. Uh, Davis had the physical advantages, I felt. Nice, Nice long jab. He's always a bit of a slow starter. Not sure why they told him to come out and be aggressive, put it on the older man. I could understand the theories, but we remember back in the Josh Taylor fight, O'Hara has always struggled to get out the way of a big left hand. You would have thought he'd been better off tucking up behind the jab for the first two or three rounds, having a look, feel the power, and work his way into the fight from there. That aggressive start didn't suit him. He got caught coming out. Well, you nailed it, Steve. And I can't help but feel really disappointed for O'Hara because... If you look at if you look at the 140 division outside of the top guys, 
if you was told you've got to go away from home, you've got to fight for an interim title on a new promoter's show, I think Ishmael Barroso is the one you'd pick. And, and that's not to say that he's a walkover. That's not to say that he's a knockover job. And I'm not saying O'Hara's got any type of body work to stand on. But I remember watching Barroso against uh, Anthony Crawler nearly eight years ago. And, he, and I remember commenting he was an old man then. And Crawler stopped him in seven. And since then, he's had a very medium active career. He's been beaten a few times. He's not pulled up any trees. He's a solid mid-card guy. He's a world-class puncher. He's a fringe world-class guy. But he's someone O'Hara. If you get your strategies right, your O'Hara's size, his age, and that horrible style O'Hara Davis has got, you're right. He should have gone out there, had a good look at him for three or four rounds, get a good lead up, and then find his way into the fight. He'd done the complete opposite. He was naive. I think there's a lot of inexperience in that group, and it really cost O'Hara. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matty, uh, not many people will feel sorry for O'Hara, but I mean, tell you what, he lost to Catrell in October 2018. This is a good five years later. He's had about nine, ten wins on on the on the road there to Taro McKenna. And you've got Logan Yoon. I remember it was that golden contract as well. Going to Lewis, fight Lewis Ritson, supposed to fight Barroso before the visa problems and all. He has worked his way back into contention. It just goes to show the tough life of a boxer. And then he gets absolutely iced in under three minutes, man. And now his career has back on Skid Row, you, you got to feel slightly sorry for him, Matty. Well, I guess in the sense that as, you know, the time has proven, uh, you know, time and time again it's been proven for him now, is that he's just outside of title level. That's just where he is. He's, uh, you know, probably, uh, you know, definitely a, a, a British champion level, probably European champion, obviously, but just a little bit shy of that, that world-class level. And uh, you, you got to give it to the old man Barroso. Uh, he, um, something I noticed, Steve. I don't, I don't know if you picked up on this, but the size of that guy's biceps. I mean, he's just—he's a big man for the weight. He's—he's he's physically imposing. And about twenty seconds into the fight, Barroso landed just kind of a cuffing left hand, not anywhere clean or, or anything like that, and it visibly move Davies back. So this guy, he is just a physically big, tough, hard punching SOB. And uh, you got to give it to him. Uh, you know, not, you know, real quick victory for him. He's back in, uh, in the, the title picture. Um, Davies kind of knows where he's at now. And, and Barroso might probably is just outside of that too. They're, they're probably sitting in the same kind of place. Um, I mean, Josh Taylor put him in his place, by he told him what position yeah. he was at, but also just put him back there. Yeah, exactly. Woo! So, and but it was a and good job on on Barroso's part. I I know you weren't exactly keen on the stoppage, Steve, but I every time that that he touched Davies, he was he was moving him. So I don't think that that was going to go go any further. And there was a whole lot more to choose from than the Ortiz fight. There, uh, it, it was uh quite quite the. Uh, performance by Barroso there. He's a heck of an interesting fighter. Uh, the, the shrunken head that he is, uh, he kind of looks like Mussolini with hair. Uh, he looks like the kind of guy that More uh, vicious. <laughs> looks like the kind of guy that uh, you might get like an Amazonian ayahuasca ceremony from. Um, yeah, he, uh, 
he he looks like the the old grandpa that would uh, tell you what it was like when the fascist rebels came into the uh, into his communist country. Um, but anyways, uh, interesting guy, great fighter uh, for what he's worth. I mean, he's he's uh, he doesn't fight often enough, shamefully. But Barroso, just one of those characters in boxing. Him and his big fucking ears and his big left hand. You gotta love him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy, talk to me about the stoppage. We were talking about this off air. Davis against Barroso. He got badly hurt. He got dropped twice. He wasn't in a good place. We all know that. It was a eliminator, interim title, whatever the hell it was. The referee said to him, look at me. He looked at him. He says, put your hands up. His hands went straight up to his head. Look at me. Looked at him again. Then he waved it off. You I mean... Davis responded to him. Yeah. That's, that's a winner from Joe Kennedy right there, Steve. Uh, Barroso looks like a fair trade coffee farmer. <laughs> that, that almost fair makes up. <laughs> that almost makes up for him convincing me instead of just betting Barroso to bet Barroso by decision. Uh, that, that almost makes up for it, Joe. Almost. <laughs> Go ahead, Andy. Yeah. So he's, as I say, I mean, the referee's staring right at his eyes. I mean, he's, he's that, that's the one thing he does. He's keeping his eye on him at all times. He's asking the questions. You say it ran exactly how you how you said it went. I can only assume that he just wasn't was not fully focused, and the eyes were darting all over the place. And as I say, it's obviously from the camera angle that I seen, um, you wouldn't really gonna get a good look at his eyes. You know, you see the, the angle from behind the referee. You see him verbally answering back to the ref, but. And the ref is, co- is, is constant look at him. It's got to be something to do with the eyes. As I say, it goes back, it harps back to a time about the Howard Foster stoppage by George Groves and Carol Froch. He was gone, apparently. The eyes were gone. If you look at him after after the first knockdown, you know, even the second one as well, he is not steady. You know, he's kind of rocking. He's, but he is, well, he's he is hurt. Hand- There's no doubt about he, it. Ah, yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, even after when he got clipped with that first left hand and he went right into the ropes, nah, he's all over the place. But, um, he did. He probably deserved maybe to kind of get knocked out just to kind of see if he could, you know, smell his two noses again. I don't know, but um, it was a uh, Paul after uh, Andy says he nodded, but his eyes said, "Save me." He didn't want to quit, but was bollocks. That's probably yeah, probably, probably about right. Mate. Probably about right. And then, at the end of the day, but also, man, what is he? Forty now, forty-one. Aging uh, on the pick. It looks like I think he's, he's forty-two, Andy. I, <laughs> oh, he looks like he's sixty-two anyway. So fair play to him. I just hope if he gets the, the he deserves the Romero rematch without doubt. But if he gets it, I just hope he does himself justice and doesn't get like like a, like a bullshit stoppage like that and get phony weeks in the middle, for example. You know, a guy's going to mm. give him every chance because it was it was bullshit the last fight as well, wasn't it? He deserved he deserved to win. Yeah. So hopefully he can come out and they can they can put they can put Romero to the sword for you know finally get it done right. You know, you know yeah. one of the, one of the reasons Barroso is so tough, Steve, is because uh, he's so old. He was part of the crew that uh, Greg was the, that took care of the bodies at Jonestown. You've been writing all these down, haven't you, this afternoon? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> oh, Andy. Not, I hit a button. <laughs> I was going to say, it's, just, it's better. My memory's better than it should be than it is for social media. You know? I, I got to give myself credit at times. A few of the boys, Andy, are saying in the chat, which is rightfully so, he was hurt, he was dazed. But there's different levels to being hurt and dazed, isn't there? We've seen people, I remember Amir Khan, wasn't it against Garcia? He's flipping and going all over the shop, and they still let it carry on. There's different levels to being hurt and dazed. <laughs> what about Amir Khan against Marcos Maidana? Yeah. Literally that that 10th round, that, yeah, that 10th. 
he's literally teetering on the brink of disaster, and he, 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 this is this is what the whole thing is about. This is what boxing is about. At the end of the day, you get hurt, and you're meant to like, turn it around a bit by hook or by crook. You date by Castillo method, method, or you date the alleyway, or you just fucking pull it right out of the bag. I, 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 I don't know what people fucking are actually wanting at the end of the day, but you got to let these guys bang it out. I mean, this this was this was like a chance. You know, this was like big big money at the end of this, possibly. I mean, I dare say that Romero fight will be taking prime time slots somewhere along the line. Th- this um, fight was to fight Ryan Garcia in the middle of 2025 at this rate. Fight. Yeah, I've got that next. I was going to say quickly, Andy, before it goes out of my head, I know that he wasn't hurt as badly as O'Hara, but do you remember pa- Juan Manuel Marquez has dropped three times with Pacquiao? He's Pacquiao, went on I... to become a draw. What I'm saying is the chances are Davis would have got stopped, right? That is, the, is probably what was going to happen. But he could have held on all of a sudden, a few swings, Barroso tires, Davis makes it to the end of the round, he's hurt, he gets through the second round, all of a sudden you're into the third and the fourth, and, and we go back to, uh, half an hour later to those highlights to say, Flip me, done well to get part of that first round, and it ended up to the cards. I'm, I, obviously, this is all hypothetical bollocks, but I'm just saying, man, I just I just think I, that they could have just laying carry on. I, I just think, do you think, do you think world-class fighters, recognised fighters, have got credit in the bank with referees? Maybe, mm. Quite possibly. I, I just think the difference is he just uh, every shot that Barroso landed physically moved Davies, and you had to notice that at some mm. point you just have to look and see like he he can't stand up to what this he's guy caught is cold. Throwing. I think he's caught cold. Possibly, and you don't always come out from you don't think is, come out from that. You you saw the second that punch landed was the instant reaction. He never recovered from it. As I say, as well, once once he got up and he's trying to listen to the referee to his instructions, he's swaying. He's I don't know if it's by purpose. Maybe trying to feel his legs back. I don't know, but he just did not seem focused. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. He was not focused and, on the referee enough well, well, to take on the, those instructions. And certainly, to say, I'm ready to go the way the way <coughs> approached that fight didn't help himself either. I mean. He would have been he would have been briefed in the, in the in the change room. This guy can punch with both hands. He's a world class puncher. He's only got to hit you on the back of the ear or on the temple. So just just have a wide stance. Keep him at the end of your jab, and don't give nothing away early. Don't give nothing away. He's got to have seen Crawler fight this dude twice as well. You know, that's, you know, that's <laughs> he's fought twice in the UK. So he's got to have seen. He's him. fought Did, twice. Wasn't that yeah, and, when Obama and, was president? <laughs> and the, and the, and the shot the shot that um, Barroso dropped O'Hara with initially. O'Hara had just been caught with that same shot about 20 seconds prior. He, he he was fighting on the front foot, leaning forward, missing with a right-hand lead. It was almost like he was out of his depth before. He was a bit shell-shocked, or Steve made the point he was definitely caught cold. But something that we might want to touch on, I didn't see any recognised faces or names in O'Hara's team. Yeah, I now, thought that too. I looked at his trainer and I didn't know who he was, Des, yeah. Right, and now, and I, I'm not here to bash people and I'm not here to throw under the bus and I want everyone to get on. But when you're fighting in America for an intri- or a version of a world title, however you want to phrase it, you need some sort of experience in that group. Not not making way or, or getting your fit, because that's done by your trainer. That's pretty easy. But you need someone in that last week of camp to make sure that liberties ain't taken. Make sure that you don't do things wrong or make sure people don't step on your toes. Make sure that on fight night, on the day of the fight, everything's how it should be and you're completely remote from any problems that might occur. So that when you get in that ring, you're the best version of you. But I didn't see any experience in that group. And, you know, you talk about guys like Ben Davison. When he had the big Fury and Wilder fight, he brought in a Freddie Roach and a Ricky Hatton. Um, 
we've seen James Cook come into corners for Tundi. We've seen uh, Chris Senegar come into corners for British title fights. Uh, who, who else have we seen recently? You know, there's always going to be uh, Shane McGuigan always brings in a Jimmy Tibbs or used Tibbs, to. And then yeah, before yeah, that, it was yeah. Jerry Story. So I'm just wondering, why did they go out there in such a big fight for such a big opportunity in, in a fight that I always think was winnable with actually no experience in their team? Well, they went out with no experience in the team. They went out before and there was visa problems. He didn't learn, as you said, from the first left hand that nearly landed because the same punch then caught him and hurt him. And then he didn't show enough to the referee or have enough experience to get through I, the count. It's a low IQ performance, Andy, all over, I think. True, but yeah. I also believe, I'll, I believe, like obviously, like what Des is saying, it's coming down to money at the end of the day. You know, he's made, he's made cutbacks, I mean, I don't know how much the the last camp would have cost them because obviously the pull the fight got. It took him five years to get to this point, Andy. If you can't spend yeah. now, you know yeah, but I mean? he was meant he was meant to fight have that fight like six weeks previously. Yeah, that's, so that's, you know, that's so what's, what's 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 he done there in terms of finances, training mm -hmm. camp, sparring partners, having a team involved? Maybe he even had the flights and hotel booked and got denied at the last minute. Uh -huh. So he decided, right, okay, this time around I need to make. I mean, and everybody's doing it. Doesn't matter what you know. What, what realm you're in? Everybody's making cutbacks. So, I think he spent too much over Christmas. Mm, well, yeah, that mate. Oh, he's had to pay for his two news, two noses to get replaced. <laughs> uh, Michael McAleese. Go ahead, Des. No, sorry, mate. Go on. No, I was just going to say quickly. Michael McAleese throwing in a tenner. He says ten pounds for O'Hara, the most unliked fighter, until Eddie chucked him under the bus for fear of Liverpool and the Smith brothers. Go ahead, uh, there, Des. No, no. But also, there's something else I didn't like. I always look at the psychology of a fighter and what's making him, what makes him tick. Last week, O'Hara was putting up tweets, you know, from Hackney to Las Vegas, and he's got a picture of him in the hotel foyer, almost like in a, I've achieved it, I've arrived. And then last night, he was putting up pictures of him with, you know, with uh, Oscar De La Hoya, and I've come for a long way, and I'm now in Vegas. And sometimes you need that experienced head to pull him to one side and say, Put your phone down. You ain't won nothing yet. Just being here isn't the achievement. Go and win the fight. Then we'll take all the photos you want and you can throw out all the slogans you like. But as it is, you've not won nothing until you beat this kid. And I, I just get the impression that, and I might be wrong, but for O'Hara and that inexperienced team, just being out there, just being involved with Oscar De La Hoya, that might have been enough. Yeah, I think you're right, actually, Des, because Michael Thompson put something there. He says, I'm not really a fan of his, but how embarrassing for OD on his US debut for Golden Boy. You're right. DeZone was sort of building up beforehand. Oh, the Oscars just signed uh, O'Hara Davis. He's his brand new signing, and they were interviewing him. And if he wins tonight, he's going to go on and fight for this. It felt like it had all been worked out already. And sort of, you know, and you, you say something, and then you feel like you've achieved it before you actually have. I think you're right. You put the phone down, get on with it. I think they'd maybe cashed in their, their check before... You know, I can't finish that analogy, but you get what I'm saying here. But can you can you see how an older head look? There's a place for 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 for, for new bodies. There's a, for new intellect. There's a place for young minds. I'm not saying there's not, but can you see when you get an opportunity like that? When you're in a foreign country fighting for a new promoter against a world class puncher who's been around, you need experience in that group. And I, things like having your picture taken and talking about I'm here in Vegas. What an achievement! And I'm now boxing for one of my heroes. I, I kind of think you might be taking your eye off the boy because the job is to beat this kid. Yeah, absolutely. Good point. Uh, Michael Thompson, again, before we come to Joe, he says, thought the same for Sonny on his last fight week, spent most of his 
time on Twitter arguing constantly. No arguing from Joe. He's jumped on the call. The Rick Glazer Appreciation Society. Good evening, Joe. How are <laughs> How's you? It going, Steve? All right, not too Good, bad. Mate. What are you thinking? Um, I, I, I quite enjoyed staying up last night to watch the uh, the Davies Barroso fight. Um, I think that you guys covered it pretty well, but um, you know, even just his all attitude going into the fight, he just looked so unfocused. You know, he was speaking backstage in an interview not too far or not too long before the fight, um, getting a Spanish on with the with, with Beto, and he was just like, you know, clearly enjoying the moment, but. I think he just his head was probably in the wrong space. He wasn't ready for a fight, and just true like two really amateurish right hands like we picked up on. And yeah, it's the wrong person you want to do that because Bros has the big puncher. He is. You just capitalise. He only needs one shot. Yeah, he does. I thought. I think he just. Yeah, he overreached and he got caught coming the way out. Uh, as for Barroso, um, I'm not really sure where he's going to go next. But Ryan Garcia here, Joe, put this message out, as Andy alluded to earlier. He said, I've notified my team I'm going a different route. Obviously, the original route was supposed to be Devin Haney. My intent now is to fight Rolando Romero. I pray my team backs me on this decision. Little dig at Oscar, no doubt. Uh, Oscar makes this fight happen. That's the move. Bigger <laughs> fight. Bigger fight. Bigger business, Joe, apparently. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's definitely an easier fight for him to win. Uh, I wouldn't fancy his chances against uh, Devin Haney. I think mm-hmm. Haney would have too much from off the job. It would just, I think he'd, he'd, he'd make Ryan look pretty amateurish. But um, I think they've had a few fights, though, in the amateurs back in the day as well. So it would be kind of interesting having that angle. But, and I think that fight will probably be there as well. If it doesn't happen now, fair enough. Uh, you know, the Raleigh fight will be fun at least, you know. I can see Roddy gets sparked, you know, but I can see him maybe maybe hitting Garcia along the way as well. We know that Garcia has bad tendencies himself. He leaves a chin in the air. So, yeah, maybe Romero would be the, the one to land like a big overhand right that's kind of been crying out for, for his whole career. Really. And both of them with their chin in the air. Someone's getting sparked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a fun fight. Like, so I, I wouldn't be too mad at it. I think Garcia is one of these guys who just going to plant his own career. Really. He's maybe not going to go a traditional route. He's kind of got his own following on social media and the rest of it that you can kind of plot his own way without maybe I think he's going to be gone at Oscar stable pretty soon so um, you know I'd be, I'd be interested to see what he does in the future I think he's probably going to have a few few social media fights that kind of stuff as well because of his backing I'm not sure he's really been welcomed in by the, the hardcores and the the old school kind of boxing fans I think his, his image and his following is more along the, the social media and, and younger crowd yeah, Andy, whenever they were talking about the Haney fight, I would have been happy to see that because it kind of uh, clears the fog a little bit. You know, we, we get someone out the way, probably Garcia. Haney moves on. He's taken that scalp. We've already seen Javonta Davis beating Garcia. I don't think Ryan would have beaten Haney. I think apart from the speed, the left hook, he's definitely got the power. But Haney's just maturing into a really nice fighter, which we saw against Progre. Maybe Garcia's realised this. The fight against Romero is a lot more winnable, probably by knockout. He's probably just taking stock after Duarte and saying, you know what, I, don't, I maybe don't need to just jump into the Haney fight uh, just so quickly, even though that's not the right move for the fans. Probably for his career, getting another fight out of the way, getting rid of Oscar, then he can negotiate with Haney on his own. Kind of makes sense, really. Yeah, it does make sense, I suppose. But also, there is a wee bit of risk with Romero. You just don't know. With his unorthodox style, mm. you just don't know. He could catch uh, Garcia with something, but... Um... And I, I totally understand if he's wanting his body swear of Haney. I, I say that after the progress fight. Haney is just with that move move up in weight, you can literally physically see the difference in him, by the way. It's going to be beneficial to him going up. I can even weigh potentially near near the middle weight after twenty four hour rehydration. Garcia is going to have major issues with him because Haney is just 
just with that extra poundage and that, it's just refreshed him. It makes him look far, far better than what he was at lightweight. There's not much holding, at least. So it's probably as, as the wiser move. But I wouldn't say as well Romero is, is, is a safer option, to be fair, because as I say, if, if I wouldn't impress with Garcia's last fight. And I said, if he is sloppy, does, does you know, defence is a bit leaky. Romero is unorthodox and he could catch him with something. So, no, give me a fight, to be honest with you. Oh, could be pretty decent, though. Could be pretty decent. Hamed says Steve Wellings is like Eddie Hearn. Yep, I often think that as well, to be honest with you. Steve, can I, I quickly mention the boxing from yes. last weekend? And now Absolutely. The yep. big Vida Milnicki show in, 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 in Financial Centre in New York. Yes. Uh, it was it was pretty poor. Well, you know, if you were sitting at home trying to watch the show, it'd be pretty poor affair because the veto was the main event, but PBC at the last minute struck him from the from the PB pay per view and weren't letting them fight on the pay per view, so they only would have caught the uh, the undercard. But on that undercard featured uh, uh what's your man's name? Cornflake Lamana. Oh, Thomas Lamana, yes. Yeah, he was in a really fun fight, uh, and it was a, it was a kind of a fun small whole show. You know, there wasn't TV cameras there. It was. Everyone was there to see the boxing, so it had a kind of different feel to it. Obviously, much cheaper tickets, but good night all around. Cornflake Lamana brought it for sure. A couple of other like local Jersey fighters, but you know it was, it was good fun. It, it's, it's something I'd recommend for any, anyone listening if they have like a, a local small hall show going on, going on. When they're not sure about whether to go to it or not, definitely do. It's a lot of fun, even if the guys you're watching aren't household names. It's it's just good to get out there and see some action, you know. Oh, yeah, love a bit of a Cornflake Lamana reference. Do you think he would put up a good fight against uh, uh, Virgil Ortiz, Joe? Maybe he could be the person we need to take him those rounds, although maybe on previous form, maybe not. He'd be pure milk to Cornflake, <laughs> to, to, to Cornflake you know. He'd, he'd be soggy, soggy after a couple of rounds. Uh, Cornflake was fun, though. He's a real walk forward, throw a lot of shots, you know, stand in range, would give one to take two, or give, you know, that kind of style. But he's... Uh, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be seeing where he goes next, but I don't think he's going to be very far. But he's, uh, he's a fun fire to watch. I think I'd love to see him in with a like a, oh, um, like a B level British guy, like you know, um, Zach Shelley or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I think guys like Cornflake, whenever they're evenly matched, they will put up a good uh, fight. And he has the strategy off, doesn't he? His family apparently subsidise a lot of these shows. He gets four or five wins under his belt. He comes back, he fights on TV, gets paid well, loses, gets knocked out usually. And then he yeah. goes back down to that club scene. Some people just like doing that. Yeah, I think he just likes the life. Yeah, exactly. And he's got like people shouting stuff like, go on, Flake, in the crowd. You know, it's, it's, it's easy to get behind. Peter Manfredo was pretty similar in that regard, Steve. Yes, Peter Manfredo. That's a good show. Yeah, yeah, good fighter. Anyway, uh, you are listening to episode 554 of the Boxing Asylum Nutters podcast. Joe's on the call here with Des, Matty, Andy, and me, Steve. Matty, let's tidy up the rest of the DAZN undercard. Raul Curiel, um, he's only had 13 fights since he turned pro. He was a 2016 Olympian, so kind of needs to get a move on. He's got a child as well, so his life's officially over. One fight gets... in 2022, one fight <laughs> in 2023. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. Needs to get a move on. Forte Elias, Diaz, who's an accountant. Uh, Diaz was doing a pretty good job with the job early on. Then he got his eye closed. He got be beaten up. You can see where the talent is for Curiel, but he needs to get a bit more active in and out of the ring. And then Arnold Barboza Jr., 
kind of like this guy. I don't know why, but he's had a lot of fights. He's been ducked a lot. People don't want to fight him. He doesn't do anything spectacular. He's not the fastest. He's not the hardest puncher. He's not the most skillful. But he just seems to grind guys down. And Teofimo Lopez didn't fancy him for whatever reason. I'm not saying Lopez was necessarily ducking him. I think he would have beaten Barboza, but he didn't want to fight this guy. He went in against Zolisani. Undon Janey, who fought uh, Devin Haney, I think, a while back, and got knocked out in the past. Barboza knocked him out as well, the corner, I think, retiring that one in the end. What did you think of all that action, Matter? Yeah, Barboza looked pretty good. Uh, you know, I think if there's anything that he does well, Steve, it's that he puts his punches together and he oftentimes throws them from a little bit of funky angles that you don't expect. He's pretty fluid, but sometimes he'll step over himself. You know, he's definitely going to find himself caught by a big puncher. Uh, one of these days, but until that happens, uh, you know, he's definitely, uh, you know, a, a, a title uh, f- uh, worthy of a title opportunity, I think. Uh, and for Endon Jenny, it's just a, a bad style matchup for him. And you, you kind of worry because I thought they could have pulled the plug a little bit earlier. It was one of those fights where the guy wasn't a big enough puncher to necessarily really put him away. So he just absorbed more and more shots. So I, I hopefully he's okay. Uh, definitely a tough guy, uh, not an ounce of quitting him, but uh, Barboza, uh, a nice little uh, uh, fight for him uh, with his first one with Golden Boy Promotions. They also announced that they have Jose Ramirez signed, so maybe that's a fight that's in the uh, in the works uh, coming down the road, so we'll, we'll see. Um, Golden Boy does have a decent amount of uh, talent around 140, including uh, some of the title uh, titlists. Well, between them and DAZN, that is. Or, excuse me, them and uh, Matchroom. Them and Matchroom, yeah, exactly. Um, Andy, just final one to you. The card overall, I thought the fights were quite uncompetitive. Not necessarily down to Golden Boy or the matchmaker. They did try on paper. They were okay. DAZN got the skeleton crew in. Corey Erdman, uh, Gabe Rosado in a T-shirt. It all felt a little bit small haul. Jose Ramirez was there, as Matty mentioned. Apparently, he got he turned down $2 million to fight Tiafimo Lopez. They might put him in against Barbos. And a bit of a strange fighter, isn't he, Ramirez? Um, Ramirez, what would Ramirez make? Oh, I say Josh Taylor before, do you aye, remember? Aye, mm. aye, he's, he's heavily in his activism and working in the fields, not yeah, stuff, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I can't be mean, I think it was held in some sort of ballroom, hotel room, or whatever it was. That we, but it was okay to kick off a year, I suppose. Nothing major. Um, obviously, it'll pick up next week in the coming weeks and that as well. I actually I forgot as well. It's almost it's only five weeks apparently until you get against Fury. And I'm surprised as to how quiet it's been. You've been yeah. that. Good point, actually. Yeah, didn't realize it was so quick. Yeah, as I say, I think I, I, that, that, that to me, anyway, speaks volumes as to you know how Fury's usually out and about and he's jiving about and he's talking bollocks and that. Nothing. It's zero dark thirty just now for Team Fury and that. So that, that just proves what Yuzik was saying at the day and that you know he's he's approaching the Ngannou fight completely different as to how he, he's gonna approach the Yuzik fight. Um so he's taking this one definitely seriously. Like. But mm-hmm. as I just say it'll pick up the next two or three weeks, I would imagine. Yeah. Oh, I think it will. I think the schedule's pretty decent. Um uh, on the heavyweight scene, we had Gergen Hovenissian, big gug. Went to 5-0. and He's 280 pounds, trained by Joe Goosen. He beat Colby Madison in the fifth round in Tacoma, Washington. It was a good finish. His hands are pretty quick for a big guy. He's a bit of a character as well. He's been on PBC undercards in the past. So no doubt they'll bring him back as well. Big Gug. 
Uh, Des has left us for now, uh, but I want to bring in Joe just quickly on this one as well, because we've had our say on the day of reckoning. We had a few questions come in over the Christmas period, but obviously there was no show, so I wasn't able to read them out. My God, I don't know how I'm going to be able to read this out. I have to get my glasses on. Uh, Thomas Smith sent in a message on the Saudi heavyweights. He said, Merry Christmas, fellas. Merry Christmas to you as well, Thomas. You're a bit late, but we'll get there. Main thoughts from last night. He said, is Wilder shot? He looked flat and disinterested. I'm sure he still has the power, but as the passion left him, he's referring, of course, to the Joseph Parker fight. He also said, has there ever been that big a difference between AJ and Fury? I know triangular analysis is fraught with problems, but does the demolition of Valin and Wilder bring Fury's legacy into question? He also says, is Dubois a contender again after a thoroughly enjoyable matchup with Miller? Uh, DDD did well to keep his composure and box like he did on the back foot. I get the feeling the relentless pressure of the behemoth must have been what it was like to be at Starlet in Weinstein's office a few years back. Okay, I hadn't read this one before. <laughs> interesting analysis. Also, he says, Oppertire is the real deal. Moving on. Though levels above <laughs> Zorro here. Surely no one in the UK could handle him at his best. Mahmoudov is a big stiff idiot. Also, Bivol aside, who would you like to see last night's winner's fight next? I think I've asked you about 12 questions there, Joe. So feel free to pick up on any of those points. I, th- I think I can handle the first two in one go, which I always <laughs> like to start, right? <laughs> you could chop this list up like that, but... Uh, I've actually been questioning myself Fury's legacy and 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 the fact that him himself and Wilder have kind of built their own legacy fighting each other outside of like, you know, outside of them, there's not much of an elite win between them um, and their legacy has taken a battering by, you know, their own bad performances first, Fury's against Nganu's and then, which is almost like a loss because, you know, it was expected just to blast through, blast through this guy. Yeah, your um, opponent's record is zero and zero, and you're the lineal heavyweight champion of the world. We might have expectations. Yeah, <laughs> Pete Radeberg got, got 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 knocked out, didn't he? By by Floyd Patterson. That's right. So you know he should have been like that. That should have been dealt with. But I think then Wilder's obviously performance against jo- uh, Parker was just much more, you know, devastating. I guess. And yeah, I think whether he shot. No matter Fury's legacies and bits, yeah, yet at the moment it feels like that. Um, and you're, you're wondering for a while there, certainly, where does he go from here? He needs a good win, but you'd be worried about putting him in with anyone halfway decent, you know. Um, they were saying in the chat something about rumors of him, ver- Wilder versus Zhang. Zhang, I think that's a terrible fight for him. Zhang, I, I think Zhang would beat him, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think Zhang would be a, a, a lot of problems for himself and a lot most most uh, heavyweights in, in the division. I think would have big issues with Zhang. But um, yeah, I, I think I, I, I'm not sure about all that. I think Fury definitely is a good performance against Usyk, uh, but at the moment I'm I'm swaying towards Usyk in that fight. So if that happens, then his his legacy is really in the mud. You know, he'll just be seen as a guy who didn't beat much until he beat you know Wilder, who himself was a fraud. And then you know the Klitschko win is a hell of a win, though. I it was yeah, he was he was he was he was on an age as well. Klitschko, I know he had a good performance against AJ after that, but. I don't know, it's not a prime Klitschko, and it's it was also a dirt fight as well. It wasn't exactly going out there, and you know. It was more like a grab and run title fight than you know going there and knocking out or, or really putting it on a cha- on a champion. You know, he hardly landed many flush shots in that fight. You know, um, mm. I just like, kept well, like, just kept Klitschko's work rate down. Klitschko looked confused at the end of the fight, not hurt. Like you know, it wasn't like he was busted up or anything. But um, yeah, I think what was it, what were the other questions then? There was one about Bivol, was there? Or... 
Yeah, feel free to just touch up on anything the day of reckoning. I mean, did it meet your expectations? Were, was it mismatches? Were you happy to just see them all in one place? Was the atmosphere class, as Frank Warren suggested? It was. It was, it was great to see everyone involved in the same cars, um, you know. And then, like, I was a bit disappointed, obviously, with Wallen, my boy Otto. He, he didn't have a good performance on the night. Um, so I was, you know, expecting better things of him. That, you know, he, he didn't really turn up. I didn't think that Walder certainly didn't turn up but i think you know in hindsight it's a great thing but you know it, like it's it, it just seems so easy the way parker was doing he wasn't doing that and extraordinary to to give wilder major troubles to not let him set his feet and and land the big right hand it seems so easy in, in, in retrospect and you're thinking jesus probably 10 or 15 heavyweights who could do this to, to wilder you know um i think that the bivol fight was a bit disappointing you know that's what bivol does I wasn't gonna, definitely wasn't going to bet him to get the stoppage. He's just a death accident and bit of all points, you know. But I think um, it, the, the only fight really for him next is the Baturbiev fight. And apparently the Saudis are pretty hot on that. So I'll, uh, I'll I'll take whatever has to come before I'll have to get that fight. So I think that's a really good point. Really Do you think he should have put his foot down, as, as uh, our friend Eamon suggested on the Inua call, Joe, and, and got rid of Lyndon Arthur and stopped pissing about? I'm in Dez's corner. I think he's just not in his. I, I think it was Dez who was making the point in that call. You know, it's just not in his, in his type. Like you know, he's been trained at such a young level, like at such a young age, to go fight a certain way. That it's just it's anathema to to actually go and put the foot down. Like you know, it's just not going to happen. He's just he he doesn't see the point in it. Like you know, he's just going to get to the end of the race. Doesn't matter how fast he gets there. You know, an early night does nothing for him. You know, that's the way he sees it. I think maybe not when he first came out because obviously he knocked out Southern was a Southern Barrera. If you knocked yes. out, he really turned. He went up to, to get levels and yes. went through the gears rather and really put it on him. And, he looked class that night, didn't he? Because yeah, he did everything. He then he, he put the cherry on the top with the stoppage, and I thought, wow, this guy's class. And then yeah. he's gone yeah. like twelve rounds ever since. I think. I, I think <laughs> he, the reason for that might be. I think the reason for that might be that Barrera, I mean, with that deep Cuban background, it's shit that Bivol had seen so many times. So it was just a rinse, wash, repeat for him. It's like, oh, Cuban, okay, we got this. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I don't mind watching 12, him box for 12 rounds at the same time. He's he's fantastic. Like, I, I, I'm a massive fan of his work. And even if he's dealing with guys who are, what, like, a few levels below him, like Dan and Arthur, I still can kind of enjoy it, like, but... Uh, definitely want to see him in Baturbia. That's an amazing fight. I've seen Baturbia fight over here in New York, and uh, it's just that would just be the two clashes of styles that either would be an absolute dud fest or it would be you know fireworks. And you'd see both guys bringing the best out of each other, you know. Yeah, but, yeah, we'll be talking Baturbia of Smith as well a little bit later on. A quick word on Dubois, Jarrell Miller. Joe Miller's been yeah. pretty active, he's gone the Clifford Etienne route since that fight, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Falling off the off the cliff altogether, like yeah, he's. What did he do? He tried to steal back his truck that was impounded or something like that, and uh. choked your man out and had a grand <laughs> wave. And, and yeah, he's just a lunatic. He is. Uh, but I, it's a pity because he's a bit of a character. I enjoyed him in Fight Week. You know, I yes, enjoyed him getting in everyone's faces, and he's, you know, the kind of guy who just adds a bit of electricity to a room. And I think they definitely needed that in the Saudi card because without all the fans there and stuff, it seemed a little bit. Placid, or you know, dour, or whatever. You know, it's just it's all a bit whitewashed. Um, so I think that he he added a bit of spice to it that was definitely needed. But yeah, he's he's obviously clearly a lunatic as well. So you know, um, maybe even small doses is his best. But against I think against uh, Dubois, he, he didn't really have enough to give Dubois enough to trouble him. You know, I think 
everyone pointed to the ball's mental fragilities and his his habit of taking the knee when 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 things get going. But he never really got going tough for for the ball. It was more so just Jarrell kind of like uh, soaking up pressure, and it was it reminded me a bit of the. Uh, Homer Simpson dreader Tatum fight, you know. Like, <laughs> no, this guy's not going to stop. Actually, you know, it's it's not Lucas Brown you're fighting here. Um, you know, you know. I got to say though, guys, we got to give credit to Gerald Miller because he might he might be the first man ever to do this. And and hear me out, guys. I think he might be the first guy ever to convert to Islam before going to prison. <laughs> <laughs> He's on fire tonight, Joe. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was thank you to who converted me as now. Miller did as well, yeah. He did, but did, he's yeah. been to jail, so you know. <laughs> yeah. Thing is, well, he made the mistake getting get a woman involved with that carjacking situation, though. Whatever a successful man who's got a downfall, there's always a woman behind it. That's what happened there. Yeah, well, we know how the cops got involved there. <laughs> oh, they will. We, we wish Joel well. I think that's the main thing. Uh, we wish people in the chat well as well. We will have a, a brief uh, flick through shortly and see who's hanging around. Des is there. He's off the call now, but thanks for coming on and giving your two pence worth, Des. Uh, so we're going to stick with the heavyweights, Andy, and we'll go to you actually on this one first. It was announced that we believe Anthony Joshua is going to fight uh, Francis Ngannou on March the 8th, which is a Friday, the hotbed of boxing. They're going back to Saudi, Zhang, Wilder on the undercard. They're apparently saying... Nice big uh, bag of cash for uh, Joshua rather than going the Philip Hergovich unknown route if he manages to get rid of Ngarno. It looks impressive. The casuals, if nothing else, will be saying he struggled, a few he struggled with him, and AJ absolutely banged him out, and there's a bit of credibility yeah. in the bank. All of them. It'll be interesting to see how he approaches it, actually, because as, a, as Joe was saying there, I mean, I was disappointed as well, but I kind of knew what Wallen was going to present. He's a counter-puncher at the end of the day. And even that, he's, he is, likes to fight at a pace, and Josh was set it on him. I would just be interested to know because Nganu is strong, does have success with some of those 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 light, wide whooping shots, and if Josh does get caught with one of those hooks, it uh, could it could spell could spell disaster actually. So I would imagine Joshua wins. I think he has better fundamentals possibly. Just keeps it keeps it at distance, doesn't take any chances. He wins, but. How does he want to win? Does he just want to win by costing? Does he want to win and look, look well and do it better than what Fury done it? He certainly, he certainly doesn't want to look any worse, to be fair. So it's a wee bit of risk because at the end of the day, we all wrote off Ngannou, didn't we? I think, well, I can't mind. I think maybe one of us gave, gave Ngannou you know, a bit of credibility, really, anyway, going into the fight. But um, I didn't I think he had much of a chance because he couldn't lay on the ground and kick him in the legs like all like uh, that uh, Japanese dude did to Ali. Yeah, but the, but the biggest winner anyway, it doesn't matter, win, lose, or draw, it's, it's Nganu. I mean, the fucking money that guy will be raking him off these two fights alone. He, even if he loses, bloody hell, man. You know, he goes in with, with two of the top guys in the division in the last 10 years. Yeah, so what a resume. Play, fair play to him, you know. You know, and I'll tell you what, I, I and I, I hate doing this, guys. I, I, I hate it to the core of my soul. But I got to say, I like the way that AJ looked with Davison. And it wasn't just the fact that he beat Wallen, who who we all thought uh, had a good shot at upsetting him. It was these little subtle things that he was doing uh, as far as fighting a southpaw that looked really good. He was uh, landing shots and, and cutting around where Wallen couldn't uh, catch him, finding ways to get out of trouble with little shifts. I got to give some credit to Davison there. I thought I saw some more clever work from AJ in that fight. 
I think, Joe, going on to the AJ Ngannou fight, I think Ngannou overperformed against Fury, who obviously underperformed, undertrained, didn't take him seriously. I think mm. Ngannou exceeded expectations. He was on the crest of a wave. All of a sudden, the fight was turning in his direction, and he did abs- He did really, really well. And you know what? Fair play to the guy. I didn't know nothing about him before he came over to boxing, and he's done really well. He's earned a lot of money. He seems like a nice guy. Fair play to him. I think that this time they know AJ is going to come out and level him. Not early on. I think early on they'll be tentative, but I think AJ will break him down and stop him. I think that the first fight, I wouldn't go so far as to say it was a fluke, but I think they're riding off the back of that. And deep down, they'll all know that AJ is going to go and do a number on him, I think. Yeah, like he was a total unknown quantity going into the first fight. And he was completely, obviously, underestimated by everyone and overlooked. But there's going to be tape on him now of the 10 rounds that you can work on and pick holes in and... Um, you would like as Andy said, you'd hope that like AJ's fundamentals are better, and you can then just win it at the end of your job and just keep throwing shots. And I think that, like, I think Maddie's right as well. You do have to give Davidson a bit of credit, but I also don't think that AJ's you know, you can't change much about him now. I think you just get him doing what he does best, which is throwing shots at, at range and hope that his you know, gas tank doesn't empty too early. Like if that's how I'd, if I was training him, I'd be, or if I was coaching him, I'd be coaching him. You know, I think he's he's best when he's not gun shy, when he's putting people at the end of the job, when he's work, working his right hand into it as well, and he's not afraid to let the shots go. He, he seems to overwhelm people. He's got that natural power. It's not like a concussive power, but it is it is power, and he puts people away when when he do, when he catches you flush repeatedly. So um, I don't think it's rocket science, but I think that. Um, He's definitely on the right trajectory. I'd rather be in uh, in, in in AJ's camp at the moment than um, than most of the heavyweights uh, right now. And yeah, Davison's definitely got something to do with that. Damo saying I'm getting Wilder Parker vibes from this AJ and Garner discussion. Matty, final comment uh, comments from you. What's the best thing for boxing for the heavyweight division? The best outcome in AJ against Ngarnu? What would you like to see? The best outcome for uh, heavyweight boxing in the next few months is for Tyson Fury to beat Alexander Usyk and for Anthony Joshua to uh, beat Ngannou. And then Usyk to fight Ngannou. Yeah, that could work too. And then you get Fury versus Joshua. What are you thinking, Joe? I just like how Ngannou has come into the heavyweight division. He's just like coming through the skylight, parachuted down, you know, fighting the top first and slowly getting his way down through the heavyweights until he finds, finds his level. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, you're just, just fucking coming out of the sky like fucking he's descending upon McBain. a uh, music festival in, in Israel. Yeah, exactly. yeah, Like McBain out of the Simpsons just coming in and fucking shit up. It's great. Do you know that you actually, if you put together all the McBains and they've done this on YouTube, it's it's a movie in itself. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Simpsons trivia. Mendoza. Mendoza! (laughs) G-Poker says, Fury always looks shite but gets the wins. You watch Fury and he looks pretty beatable, but in the ring, he manages to get there. His best performances were Hammer, Wilder 2, and Klitschko, says G-Poker. So there you go. Uh, Number one says, give the video a like, for Christ's sake. He's a good man, Steve. I'm not sure about that, but give us a like anyway if you can. Well, at least Andy is. And Andy is a good I'm, man. I'm a piece of shit. Uh, you and your goats. Andy, Andy is all right. He, he's goat all right. update, Matty. The three-legged goat, as we know, is no more, which left two. Mama goat, Mabel, RIP, last week she went. There's only one left now, Matty. Had to bed her out with straw today. Look after her as best as I could. What Two goats down, only one left. 
are you going to replace any quotes? Steve, gonna... <laughs> they're all quotes, technically oh, speaking. I suppose. <laughs> are you going to are you going to replace the deceased goat, Steve? Not not right now. I'm too raw, Matty. To be honest with you, I don't think so. It, it, it's hard to to make yourself love again, isn't it, Steve? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Especially when they're on four legs. But yes, R.I.P. Mabel is no longer with us, so we're down to one goat. Anyway, people don't come here to listen to that. Uh, we'll have a look through the chat, and then after that, we'll go to Andy to talk about Inua to Parles over Christmas. First of all, let's see who's floating about. Uh, Johnny's here. Johnny Horsecock Nelson, uh, Mark Stanton, Chris Butler, Hamed, uh, E.K. Tran. Uh, Snoop Bob, Michael Thompson, David Palmer, G Poker, number one. Uh, Ames was here earlier as well. Captain Casual's here. Harvey Price, Boxing Returns. Uh, we've got the Juice, just scrolling up. MB, Des is in the chat as well. Let's see if we've got anybody else just before we go. Jason Chukwu came in. He said, see you lot later. It freaked him out for being in here too early. Yeah, that, that was weird. It fucked with my know. day a little bit. I know it was, wasn't it? You He's thought the clocks had gone forward. <laughs> he thought the clocks had changed. No shout to uh, Rapping Rob Kelly. No sign of Rapping Rob Kelly just yet. And Mike Hunt is there as well, though, so that gives us all hope. Andy, uh, Inua against Tapales was on over Christmas. You can go back if anybody wants to and listen to the post-fight pod that we did on that fight. Uh, we thought that Tapales would maybe go early. I think it was only his toughness that kept him in it. He landed a few shots. He got stuck in. He landed the right hook. Inouye's beatable. He got hit a few times in boxing shocker. I thought Inouye looked absolutely class, to be honest. Put his shots together lovely. Took a few as well in return. Said he's not going to move up anymore. We expect him to fight Luis Neri in a May time. I just thought he looked brilliant, unifying the belts all in one go as well. What more can you say about this guy? Not much really, mate. He's just he's at the peak of his powers just now. Um to be fair, I think uh Tapali's done as well as what he could, I think, over the first half of the fight, especially the first five, six rounds, he, he kinda kept in your way at pretty much at arm's length, but you could see as the fight kinda gradually got in the latter half, in your way's cutting the distance down, just gradually picking him apart and then broke him knocked him out. It's just a par for the course at this point. Again, you're looking for you're looking for challengers. You're looking for someone who can be tested. I just I don't think it's there yet. I think we're going to have to wait and see this guy on the slide before we start seeing him. Maybe you know having to answer real questions because at the minute, everything about him, foot movement, speed, and power, it's all there. It's it's the full package, and it's going to take a hell of a fighter. It's, it's you know. Possibly even a venture up to um, featherweight, possibly it's, it's going to maybe beat him. I, I don't know. But at this point, no, let's just enjoy him because he is between him, Crawford, at this point, I think uh, in terms of the kind of lower weight classes, not then maybe like Jesse Rodriguez, you know, there's, there's, there's nobody better at this point in, that, in the lower weight classes than these two, three guys, not to be fair, eh? because it's just, there's, there's, there's really is, I'm just kind of like, Quickly glancing through the rankings, there's nothing really there that can put asses on the seats and that. And as I said, anyway, I think I heard maybe the part of the podcast, Steve, and that as well. You know, I think maybe the question was asked, why is he not traveling? Doesn't need to travel. Hmm. Does not need to travel. He is the champion. He is the man. He is the fool. He's a number one. Well, and he makes you good know, dough over there. Like exactly. At the end of the day, he's a champ. So you go to the champs fucking door. You chat about champs door. You try to the title off the champs. So he doesn't need to travel anywhere. It's it's, it's a lazy excuse. Now, end of the day, America's not the hotbed anymore. Maybe that's where the money lies. Saudi Arabia, but you know where the money lies. Now, but end of the day, 
you know, we, we, we all know what's right. What happens at the end of the day, the champion deserves home advantage. And if you want to, if you want to go and do it, go over there and take him. Uh, I think as well as he probably signed with top rank at the wrong time, obviously with the kind of with the, with the lockdown yes, happening when it did. Mm-hmm. That it was just it's just circumstances. It just did not. It just did not help. It didn't. You no, know, it just didn't work out at the end of the day. But. I that swear said, Bob's kind of phoning it in these days, but that's another discussion. Yeah, there's that too as well. But you know, that said, you know, there's nothing really much else you can say about the guy at this point. I just said he's at 30 now. You'd think maybe the slide will start happening in the next 18, 18 months, two years' time, possibly, and that. And hopefully we see him active. I mean, how many times did he fight last year? Was it twice, I think? Fulton mm-hmm. and and, uh, and Tapales. Yes. Um, technically twice a year fight at this point, so... Well, you know, some fights though. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, if I could plan out his next three fights, I'd like to see him uh, obviously take care of uh, Neri and then Akhmedaliev, who uh, we were thinking was the fight until uh, Topolis upset that apple cart. Um, And and then I'd love to see him test the waters at 126 or more so jump in because I think it's supposed to happen eventually, but Ray Vargas against. uh, Omar Figueroa, I, I do expect Figueroa to win that fight. And I'll tell you what, it would be interesting to see Neri against Omar a big... What's that? Brandon. Omar Figueroa? Brandon. Brandon. Sorry. So, and in, in Figueroa against, against uh, Inouye, I mean, that's interesting because Figueroa is just such a big, imposing guy. And you're coming up in weight and you wonder, when is it a little bit too much? And it's you. You, you wonder if uh, Figueroa can't uh, find a way to uh, get to Inouye and uh, stop that train, or if maybe we're looking at a Pacquiao versus Margarito moment for Inouye. You never know. Mm, I just wonder as well as if Inouye is going to stay at one twenty six. I would, I would surmise he would probably just take his mandatory sort of a Lewis Neri, Abmadaliev, and Sam Goodman. He then, said he is. He said he's staying at 122, didn't he? He said he was going to easy uh, grow into the weight or something. As EK transfers, then Neo will stay at 122 for 2024. Um, it it will be bit. size. I think, Andy, that will beat him eventually, but he is staying yeah. at that weight. Well, then I think that would be the three fights here. I would like to see him probably take them at this point because he's unified the division. He is. He, you know, that, that's the three closest challengers at this point. He's beat Fulton. Um, I'm not sure, too sure about this guy, Picasso. Uh, Dolphin and um, Casemiro's had his chance in that as well. So I think that Madali of Goodman and Neri, who again Neri Neri's had his chances in that as well. He's failed drugs tests, he's failed weights, he's been knocked out. He still gets opportunities. It's so, exciting you know, though, isn't it? Because he can punch. That's why he gets opportunities. I think he had that fight with Hovenissian, which kind of rehabilitated him a little bit. Yeah, but he's got nothing for Inouye, though, to be fair, mate. Um, he might land a punch or two, but then I think I'll just wake up Inouye, who'll just like, no. turn around and fucking absolutely... Well, the alternative, though, if it's not him, he's already won the two... He's in a difficult situation, isn't he, Inouye, if he's going to stay at the weight? Yeah. He's, he's already beaten the two main guys, he's won the belts. It's only going to be a step down, it's only going to be a risk from here. So, at least someone like Neri, like I said, he's exciting, he's a puncher. It brings a little element of risk, because otherwise you could end up just going into apathetic fights. Yeah, and I wonder as well as maybe the Aussies might pay as well for him to go over to Australia and fight Sam Goodman. Yeah, that yeah wouldn't be against that. That's a good that, fight man. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, 
I'll, I'll tell you what, though, that that Neri fight, I, I think Inouye is going to finish that up. He, he's, you know, Neri's pretty sharp defensively at times off of one shot, two shots. But when you really start putting them together, that's when he struggles. And, and Inouye is just so clever. I see him just kind of throwing a couple, a couple of soft shots and just picking Neri clean with a hook on the third. That's how I see that one ending. It's just on a very specific combination for some reason. I actually think MJ could give him some trouble as well. Um, just his lateral movement and his, his he's got good footwork, MJ, and like so does so does Inoue as well. But I just think that Inoue might have trouble finding him clean for the first half of the fight, and it might be closer on the cars. Maybe maybe actually might go to the distance, or it'll be a later stoppage than people think, or he just won't have his won't have it all his own, all his own way. I know MJ's stock has taken a bit of a turn after he, he lost against uh, to Palace, but. I remember seeing him, especially when he first came on. Obviously, the um, Roman fight was, he was, he was pretty excellent in that as well. He's, I think there's a good little fire there. He looked yeah, good think, in his last um, outing, too. He, he, I, I thought that he uh, gained back a lot of uh, what he had lost. He, he just looked flat against Apollo. So it was a bad night to have an off night, but I think he had one. Yeah, I think Joey had an off night at the worst possible time. We mentioned this before. I think that's an anomaly. I think he's a very good fighter. And if Inoue were to stop him, I think that would be a statement because I think Agmedaliev mm-hmm. would be tough enough and skilled enough to, to make, definitely go the distance. I think I think he'd be a tough fight as well for Inoue. Yeah. Yeah, I think people are talking, kind of talking. Well, obviously, you know, it's, it, you want to talk past that as well. But, um, you know, I, I think that I, I definitely won't be writing off MJ in that. But I actually really like the Goodman fight as well that Annie mentioned. I think that Goodman's a good fighter as well. He's unbeaten. So, you know, there's always that going into it as well. That always adds a bit of intrigue. And you don't really have a, a template on how to beat a guy. Uh, and Goodman's a guy who I've kind of betted against a couple of times, thinking that maybe he's beaten off. Too more, more than he's chewing. I thought, I thought that Reese was it a Reese Aline that you fought? Yes, last? I thought he'd have too much from um, but he's made pretty short work of the guys he's been in with. And he's each fight has been a progression. Um, so looking who it would probably be too much for him, but I think it would be it'd be a good fight. Um, and then an airy fight is probably the least interesting one of the three of them for me, but he does have that. I think he's got that history in Japan that they probably want to see him take a bit of a beating as well. Andy may more know more about that, but didn't he like fail a drug test over there and then put a beating on some guy over there? And yeah, against Yamanaka, wasn't it? I think that was it. Yeah, right. Um, I just don't think Goodman's enough of a puncher. I, I think that, yeah, that he, it's one of those yeah. things where he's a good fighter and, and uh, like that'll lean win that that's a good win. And that was a pretty fun fight if I recall um, mm-hmm. for some reason, but I, I just think it's one of those situations where a non-puncher fights like a puncher and that's a bad guy to do it against in, in a way. Yeah. Against the new ideas. Definitely. Uh, Andy sticking with the Japanese theme, uh, Kazuto Ioka. Got a seventh round stoppage win, WBA super flyweight title against Josba Perez, a Venezuelan who came over. Feel free to speak about that fight, but also the situation surrounding that fight. There was talk for a good few months that Ioka was going to fight against Juan Francisco Estrada, who's becoming one of my sort of nuisance fighters, I think. This guy is grossly inactive, man. His career is absolutely slipping through his fingers. Estrada needs to get his finger out of his hole and get back fighting in the ring because he should have been in on New Year's Day against Ioka, not Perez. Yeah, as I say, I'm just trying to think, actually, was there really some talk about a Gonzalez four-fight happening between there, him and Estrada? There, there's a lot of rumours going around with Estrada. It's hard to get a hold. One was that he couldn't make 115 anymore, and he was going up to 118. The other was the quadrilogy with uh, Chocolatito. Uh, then you also had uh, things stemming from him calling out uh, Bam, and, uh, or from Bam calling him out uh, after his fight as well. 
So there's a lot of rumors going around with Estrada, but he's been out of the ring for over a year. I, I fuck who knows. And before that, he was out of the ring again, wasn't he? I think he had a couple of fights in quick succession. The, the Gonzalez third fight and a fight in the September. I'm, I'm remembering this off the top of my head. And before that, Matty maybe hadn't fought for 14 months. So there's long spells of inactivity. Which is a shame because uh, he was definitely a pound-for-pound pound fighter. But you almost have to consider him, uh, he's at least inactive, if not semi-retired right now. Yeah, I just wonder as well as what's what's Estrada's financial demands and that as well. You know, is it all oh, would spit the money? I mean, he he's but he's mid thirties, new early thirties minimum, so he would be well paid. I would imagine if he went to Japan, but you know, you just never know if Estrada's maybe potentially priced himself out here as well. Mm-hmm. And what about Ioku himself? I mean, he's got some left hook. He's retired, didn't he? I think about four or five years ago, and he's still going. Yeah, he's still going as well. I see. He, he he done pretty well. He stopped the guy down, pounded him, dropped him it, three or four times. Um, I think that might be one of his. Try to think now. Actually, I think it was his first knockout in quite a number of years. Actually, as well. You just do you think about it. So he done well in that regard. But he, he is he is he is banging the drum for a potential unification fight. Obviously, but um, I, I don't know at this point. Mate, it'd be fair to say we just need to get some sort of answers. They might they might try and get the Martinez guy. Who knows? Um, he's already beat Tanaka, who I noticed is number one for the, the WBO title. The last possibly. person he knocked out into them. Yeah, yeah, true enough. So it's a hard one. I, th- I, th- I, would, I would imagine he's going to try and put his put his name in amongst the mix for Estrada Gonzalez potentially. Um, I don't know if he even coming down and waits a potential, but he's you know it looks like the anyway fight is passing by now as well. He's not going to go up two weight divisions and take that beat down, is he? So. Maybe go up and fight the brother. I don't know, sorry, or the cousin. I, I don't know, but he done pretty well at least. Not as I say, he is. He's, he's obviously in a kind of limited though. As I say, it depends what Australians want to do. Which, personally speaking, I think he's, I think he's, uh, he's priced himself. I mean, there was talk about. I don't know if I'm right here. That I don't want to count people's pockets, but Rodriguez apparently got four hundred thousand to fight Edwards apparently. So if I speak Rodriguez is earning right, what's what's the guys like Estrada, you know, Chocolatito earning who have like who've been the poster child for the division for the last decade? You're talking eight hundred thousand, a million dollars minimum, possibly maybe slightly higher than that. Um, Yeah, as I say, I I think the only fight that really kind of like would move the needle in terms of money would probably be a, a, a Gonzalez fight, but. I think he would get well paid to go to Japan, Estrada. But again, it depends what he's asking for at the end of the day and that as well. Lovely stuff. We love a Japanese fight here. I have put the question up on the uh, screen. Baturbia versus Smith. Who you got and how that fight is coming up next weekend in Canada. Before we go on to the main event though, Matty, we'll have a quick look over the undercard. I see he's floating about there. I see Jason Maloney, the Australian assassin, WBO World Bantamweight titles on the line against Saul Sanchez. We have Aussie's Rowan Murdoch, uh, could be murdered against Christian and Billy. He's quite the puncher, very exciting as well. And then the staple of the Eye of the Tiger undercards as well uh, down here. We've got Wilkins Mature, who I've been keeping an eye on, on these Eye of the Tiger cards. Very uh, promising prospects, only 18 years of age. Good stand-up boxer puncher. Mehmet Unal, I think he was a Turkish representative. I uh, think I saw him on one of those cards, and I thought he looked pretty mean, if I recall. He, yeah, he's he, well, he's not the greatest, Unal. He's quite easy to hit. They put him in with a couple of Argentinians, and he's, they found him quite easy to hit. Christopher Guerrero as well. I thought he lost one of his fights, if it's the same guy Wasn't I'm thinking it? of. 
He's on the undercard. Imam Koitev is going to in against Rodolfo Gomez. He's a puncher. Koitev comes to fight. He's a real exciting Eastern European. Shame they didn't get Jean Arobio on. He's a Colombian puncher who's based in Canada as well, who sometimes appears on these cards. What are you thinking, though? I think Billy's probably the pick of the I'm undercard. I'm thinking I'm a fucking UN meeting. <laughs> are you looking forward to seeing? I I honestly uh, want to see M. Billy obviously and uh, and see his progression. I think this probably another walkover fight for him, but but we shall see. You never know. Stranger things have happened. Um, it's just PVC occupies so much of that 168 pound talent, Steve. It just seems like a guy like M. Billy is going to be kept at arm's length when he would probably mix in with the bunch so well, and that's a shame. Um. I think Sal Sanchez is a live underdog against Maloney. If you uh, c- kind of take a look at him and the people he's faced, he's 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 got a he's got a good uh, resume under his belt, all things considered. And I, I think he might uh, surprise the Australian uh, on this card. So um, for me, that'd be be what to look at. But again, you're right. There's all sorts of prospects on these cards, and it's it's almost uh, difficult to keep track of all of them because they they have so many different people. Um, that have immigrated to the Montreal area or at least are boxing out of there for so many countries. And um, yeah, it's just becoming a melting pot. And and I think, uh, you know, now we're seeing the, the beginning of it, but I think these Eye of the Tiger cards over the next few years could end up having some very exciting fights between uh, up-and-coming talent. Have you ever thought of emigrating up north to Canada, Mate? <laughs> Let's see how November goes and I'll talk to you then. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, back to the Toronto other... for a bit, and I'd say don't go there in the winter. Oh, really? Fucking Baltic, apparently. Yeah, I was there <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, it does seem like a pretty cold place, uh, Canada. But uh, the heat will be on on this undercard anyway, Joey and Billy. I'd love to see him fight someone like a Melakuziev or someone who's going to come forward. They're going to go all guns blazing into each other. Rowan Murdoch's not a bad fighter from Australia. He beat a guy called Isaac Hardman, which is a great boxing surname in his last fight, but. Three fights ago, he got knocked out by Zach Parker. That doesn't bode well for me in a fight between him and Christian and Billy. Yeah, I, 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 and Billy's pretty mean himself. I think uh, he's just, he'd be a problem for most of the 168 guys, and that's probably why he's not getting most of the shots than anyone else. He's kind of a low-risk, or high-risk, low-reward guy for the moment, but he'll work his way into a shot, I'm sure. And, and, and uh, as he... Uh, has he had a shot before? Or is he? Maybe no, no, he's still working his way up. 25 and 0, 21 knockouts. Yeah. He's 28 years of age. He's absolutely in his prime now. They've kept him active, but as as, as uh, Matty said with the belts and Canelo and that, the 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 uh, sanctioning bodies are going to have to force something through for this guy soon. Yeah, yeah, it's like him and Morel are kind of in the similar position. But I guess Morel yeah. had that trinket of the the WBA for a while. But he and Billy doesn't have the luxury of the trinket, or maybe he's got a different kind of trinket. But yeah, I think uh, it, it's just it, it, maybe it's just the result of the Canelo situation that when you have a guy who's kind of soaking up all the big fights, who's just a, 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 a magnet that people kind of revolve around. You get guys like in Billy and, and Morel who are very good fighters in their own right, but. Who aren't there because there's not four belts to go go around, you know, it's it's all it's all tied up with this one superstar. But um, you know, I think that they'll get their shot and when the Canelo train does come to a halt and the the belts fragment, it would be guys like uh Morel and Billy that would be there to, to soak it up. Uh Murdoch, I think I have fought seen fight as well. I think I might have seen that Harden fight. Um so I don't know if, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not expecting much out of him at all. Um 
They're I tough Aussies, aren't they? But they're there to sort of take a beating sometimes. Yeah, they're on a bit of a roll now, to be fair. You, I noticed just because Nadim Hadid, as a Hadad, Nadim Hadad on Twitter, the Australian um, boxing Twitter guy, he, he's, he's very vocal when the Aussies are doing well. And he's been pretty loud recently. I think he's got a lot, a lot to like about Aussie boxing between Tim Zhu, Sam Goodman, and, and uh, even Ferocious Cambosis. They're, you know, they're talking about him they're fighting Lomachenko. I think that's a, an interesting fight as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm proud of the Aussies. And it's a bit of a trip now up to Canada, so hopefully he makes it all right and, and does, himself a bit of, does himself a bit of credit, you know. Absolutely. Who else on the as well, apart from yeah. Lily, you mentioned it was... Uh... Um, well, we've got Jason Maloney. The rest of them right. are prospects. Like I said, Katayev, I think he was a Russian, 5-0-5 knockouts. He's based in... He's from Russia, fought in the Olympics. He's based in Australia, but he fights out of Canada now for some reason. So I'm not really sure what's going on he's there. Ills, but by the way. He, he, brings the, he brings the heat, Ill. doesn't he, him? Well, yeah. he does. Like, I mean, I remember, I think he's a bronze medalist, silver medalist post player mm-hmm. in the last Olympics. Fucking, I forget. I think it might be in the Cuban that he fought, actually. But uh, he's, um, he's a hard piece of shit. Like, honest to God, they would take some shifting. Yeah, he's, he's, he's decent. Mm-hmm. That's what it sounds like. Right, let's get on to the main event itself then. Baturbiev against Callum Smith. The guys in the chat have been putting in there to Pensworth. Uh, let's see where it is, actually. Quebec City, next Saturday evening. ESPN, ESPN Plus, all those things are televising it. 19-0 R to Baturbiev. IBF, WBC, WBO, light heavyweight titles on the line against 29-1 and Callum Smith. Uh, Chris Butler says Smith will surely get stopped. David Palmer says Baturbiev stoppage rounds 7-12. to um, Hamed says need to see Baturbia KO Smith and Baturbia versus Bivol ASAP 100% agree with that no time for Callum Smith win unfortunately he needs to get smashed up to make the big fight happen Mark Stanton says beat a beef by stoppage uh, who else we got here talking about catchweight Smith has a puncher's chance for the first two rounds says Yumi Yappi we'll get to that shortly what else have we got as well uh, I agree says uh, Captain Casual and they're talking about something else. Let's get on to you, Matty, first of all, then. Whenever I hear Eddie Hearn talking about Callum Smith knocking out Baturbiev, he's almost had a vision, hasn't he, Eddie? There's some some kind of angelic vision has come to him that Smith's going to knock out Baturbiev. And then I think to myself, I remember that Smith arguably lost to Ryder. He struggled with Holskin, Scogland as well. Let's not forget this when we hear Eddie's projections, Matty. I obviously think that 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 Baturbiev is going to win. I, I'm kind of shocked, honestly, Steve, that uh, Smith isn't a, a bigger underdog than he actually is. Uh, let me check. Last I, I knew he was just paying three to one. Three to one, yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny. Yeah, it, and it hasn't moved a whole lot, which is uh, yeah, it's moved up to three twenty. So it, you know, moving a, just a smidge. Um, just want to see uh, the over under on it nine and a half rounds. Um, getting a little less value on the under nine and a half, so they're thinking you know somewhere around ten. Um, yeah, you're getting. Yeah, it, it's basic on this. It's it's an interesting fight. I would. I'm trying to see if there's anything interesting. Maybe a one through six. Yeah, there we go. Better be of. I I mean, this tells you what the the books are really thinking. It's just a little better than even money for Arter Better be of to win in round seven through twelve with with the books right now. Uh, Smith by decision is you're getting seven to one. Uh, so that's fairly i i but i gotta tell you i think it's worth hedging because you got to think about the inactivity of better be of yes smith too as well of uh, you know better be of getting becoming a much older man uh smith with a with a good left hook he's a taller fighter 
uh, I, I think it, it just at three to one, just, you know, just putting a little smidge of money on Smith to land that hook. You might as well do it at the knockout, get better value than that. But uh, I, I think Viterbia, B- you know, I mean, round seven through 12, that's probably your money bet on that one. That's why I'm seeing it go down. Um, at, at, if you'll kind of know if Smith thinks he has a chance to win, if, if he tries to throw some shots early, um, but but if he, he can play negative with the best of them. So we'll see what happens. Um, I just I don't think he can play negative for as long with uh, with Archer as he did with uh, Canelo, unfortunately. So if he chooses to go that route, I don't think he sees here's the final bell. Eddie's right about Smith's power, and you can never write off a puncher, Matty. But also, he's never the guys he's iced. He's never knocked out anyone in the, the caliber of Baturbiev. I mean, they're all lower level operators, man. This well, is a, a big no. step up in quality for him. It's huge. It's huge. I mean, and this guy's a fucking monster. His his jab feels like most people's right hand. And I'm kind of shocked that the odds are were this narrow um, in the uh, for better be of. I thought that he'd be a far wider favorite, but that makes me curious why it opened up around that area. So I I don't know. Um, it's I, I think of the last few opponents that that uh, that uh, better be of has had. I'd say that Callum Smith probably does have the best chance of the lot to beat him. Mm. They thought that against Canelo as well, didn't they? They all said, oh, he's going to go and he's going to do this, going to do that. And he put in one of the most shocking performances. No, Andy, to be fair, they say, oh, Callum Smith, he was weight drained against Canelo. He got his arms and his biceps battered. I don't think Smith likes getting hit hard. Who does? And he goes into survival mode very quickly against Canelo in particular. As soon as he feels the strength, the power, the brutality of this beast, he's re-entering that shell, I think. Possibly, mate. Um, I take the point. My belly doors. Maybe he kind of catches Batera. Be of coming with the left hook. Eddie yeah, is possibly, absolutely yeah. is absolutely convinced that Carlos Smith is going to knock out Batera. But in his words, spark out. So if he does, fair play to him. But I, I don't see it. Um, just on the end, the last injury Batera have had, it was apparently a tooth injury. So it was actually infected them below. So it seems to be cleared up at least. Banky, once he starts landing that shotgun jab, mate, it's a, it's a matter of breaking them down. I wouldn't be surprised just to kind of see it go rounds. I wouldn't be surprised to see it go into kind of latter half and maybe even Batavia would get like an 11th or 12th round stoppage, just purely kind of like breaking Smith into the body and that as well. But I, 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 don't, I suspect you know, I suspect Smith will, will, will have his moments, especially early half of the fight. He'll try and keep it at distance. He'll, he'll use, use his long arms, possibly. But um, I think Baterbiev will just start hitting arms, hitting shoulders, just kind of bring bring the arms down and just gradually kind of pick them apart. But I think it will go rounds. I think I would I would expect maybe Baterbiev to win, but possibly by late stoppage, pos- definitely by decision at least. But I wouldn't be surprised to see him do it by late stoppage. Yeah, I think actually the comparison you were making there, Andy, He's quite apt. I think it might be similar to the yard fight. Baturbiev could have to ride out an early storm, a bit of a slow start. We saw him drop by Callum uh, Johnson before he was hurt a little bit in that one. The Jeff Page uh, knockdown was a flash one. He kind of caught a jab, didn't he? And then he came back and beat the shit out of him in the next round. And then I think he'll come back and I don't know if he'll stop Smith or not. I was thinking originally nine or ten, but maybe could Andy go the distance? Smith might have enough to see the uh, the final bell. Yeah, possibly, mate. As I say, I think he's got enough. He's, you know, he's a, he was a good amateur back in the day. He's a good boxer. He has yeah. got decent power and that. The move to 75 will, will have helped him as well. But the thing is, as well, again, we'll just mention about Ortiz Eller on the show. Smith's another one. He's only This will be his third fight in four years. <laughs> you know, so... 
third fight, and one of those was the Canelo defeat, I'm sure. So, you know, you got in against this dude and that as well. It just smacks it like a like a like a, like a sign off, you know, like one one last payday post playing that as well. But you done well for yourself in that as well, man. Oh, yeah, a force in that super series, um, as well. So. Yeah, that's true, but those things don't always correlate, do they? Like he's made a lot yeah. of money, he's done well for himself, he'll be able to feed his family, retire, never work again, etc. That's all great. But if you're then going to carry on fighting, it doesn't matter how much money you've got. You know, you've got to yeah. you're going to be ring rusty. You know what I mean? Yeah, especially when you see this guy when he's actually you, you're practicing his jabs on a concrete fucking wall. You know, so <laughs> there's, there's there's levels to the to this jabbing game at the end of the day. You know, my God, but yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see Smith go to distance, to be fair. But as I say, I just think I wouldn't be surprised as well. I would, I would be shocked to see either, either guy get iced early doors. I think it's one of those, if it's going to be a stoppage, it'll be a late one. But definitely it's going to be as close a distance fight as possible, I think. Mm-hmm. Chris Butler says Smith hasn't got the self-belief that Yard has. Um, number one says, has the botched root canal affected beta beef? I remember Darren Corbett used to have trouble with his teeth back in the day, but that was because he used to drink two bottles of coke a day, so I suppose that would happen to you. <laughs> Dr. Epstein, think, he wanted um, to open up a sweet shop when he left, uh, when he retired, bottles, actually. <laughs> two bottles of fucking crack, man. <laughs> Dr. FMG there says, Baturbi FKO round eight after dropping him, standing count more than once, and Hamed says, Bivol may be the only guy now capable of beating Baturbi but would be over 12 rounds. Smith's only hope, Joe, is father time. And that is a thing a few people have said, actually. But Terbiev, he's getting on a bit now, showing signs of wear and tear, a few injuries. Could Smith be getting him as a good time? But is Terbiev going to initiate a boxing bicep beating? Yeah, I think that people are probably looking at the last performance in this yard and maybe picking holes in it a little bit. Like, I don't think Baturbiev has ever been a defensive master and his, his, his thought has always been one that he's, he's going to take shots um, on the way to brutalising it, basically. But he's he's relentless and he's got that incredible... He's got great footwork and fundamentals that are underrated, but he's also got that great engine and just that thud and power that just breaks people down. And I think that Smith... I don't think he stands much of a chance of winning the fight, but I do think he has a chance of probably... Going the distance, like Andy said, if he if he chooses to make the fight and he gets on his bike the rest of the time, um, and I think you, you might see something like he did with the Canelo fight, where he's just a lot of lateral movement from him uh, in that shell, trying to throw one one shot here and there, pot shots, not actually standing and and trading. But there's a chance, I think, after the yard fight, that maybe he will try and stand and trade a little bit like Yard did, and um, ultimately it didn't it didn't happen for Yard. But I think that. It's probably Smith's best chance for victory, and if he's going to be brave, actually be brave, and 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 not just be brave in terms of turning up and paying and getting a check. But I think if he does stand there and train to Turbiev, it would be brave, and it would be his best chance of victory. I think uh, if 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 Turbiev is over the hill and Doctor Time is there, then that's the only way to really find out. I don't think you're going to find out by being on the back foot for twelve rounds. Um, but. I don't know. I, I'm not sure which way he'll take it. I, I think he'll probably go for option B and try last, like he did against Canelo. Um, I think the Smith family are probably all going to be unbearable this weekend as well in, in Quebec City, running around, doing every little interview under the sun and, and, and talking absolute awful as they do. So I think Callum Smith fight brings out the worst in that family. So I think we're going to see a lot of that this week as well. Um, it might make for a good value of the week next week. Hand on heart, Joe. How are you seeing it going then next week, Baturbi of Smith? I think Smith last last distance actually. I've been, I've been thinking. I looked at the odds today. It's five to one. 
Um, I'm probably going to have a little taste on that. I think that he'll he'll maybe have a little bit of success early doors, but then Viterbiev will get to him. And it might be the first half of the fight, might be the middle of the fight, but from there on out, it'll be survival mode for, for Carl Smith. And he, he's probably got enough about him. Uh, he's big enough, fills out well at the weight. You know, I think I think I think he might just last the distance, and maybe it'll be Peterbiev. Maybe a thirty-three or thirty-two-year-old Peterbiev would have got to him, but maybe he'll get away away with one this week. But yeah, I don't see any way of him winning the fight. I think it's Peterbiev, and then we'll get hopefully get the Peterbiev Bivol fight. I'm with Maddie as well. I'm not, I, like I've seen a lot of people trying to tip and Carl Smith to do well this weekend, and I don't know what form at one seventy-five that's going on because he's not really fought anyone at one seventy-five. It's all been your Nathan Castillos and these kind of guys. So. Um, I think it's a huge, huge ask for him to be even competitive in this fight. I just don't, I don't see it even being competitive. Hmm. G Poker agrees. He says Peterbiev within four. Smith won't be able to get the range and we'll get caught trying to land a counter. Final question for you, Matty, before, before we move on to our last feature of the evening, which will be uh, desired fights for 2024. So have a think in the chat there, which fights you really want to see, fantasy, realistic, etc. who you really would love to see nailed down in 2024. Then we'll go on to the belly of the weeks and out. Before we do that, Matty, a year ago, Artur Baturbiev stopped Anthony Yard. Fun fight, actually. Really enjoyed that one. Excellent scrap. If Yard were to fight Callum Smith, Matty, how would you see that fight going? That's a really good question, Steve. Uh, um, well, you know, broken uh... clock and all. I um I I tend to think that uh the length of Smith might give uh, Yard a little bit of troubles. I think what's helped him in some of the fights that he's uh, uh surpassed our expectations on, uh like uh, better be of you know he, he wasn't much of a he had a little bit of an advantage himself in that one. So I don't know. Um, I, I think that that's a really interesting fight. And uh, should Callum Smith lose I, and it not be like so brutal he wants to retire, I wouldn't be opposed to them um, uh, putting that fight together. I kind of see that as a pick honestly, Steve. That's a good good shout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Callum Smith is on the zone side. Anthony Yard at the moment is on the BT side. So whether it could be made, we don't know, but it would be an interesting fight. Nonetheless, right, let's move on to our final portion of the evening before we go on to the belly of the weeks and get out of here. Joe's here with us, so is Matty, Andy and me, Steve. So, desired fights for 2024. What do you want to see? Michael Thompson has thrown one in already. Ben versus the British Boxing Board of Control. <laughs> the dossier, we might see the dossier in 2024, you never know. More, Ryan Garcia versus a career-ending injury, says Mike Hunt, which is a little bit mean, but there you go. Mark Stanton says Porky versus Sam Jones. Andy's disappeared. Andy versus Wi-Fi, maybe. Uh, have you got anything for us there, Matty? Desired fights for 2024. If there's one you could really nail down, or two or three, as many as you want, really. What do you want to see? Um, I would like to see Benavidez versus Canelo, first and foremost. Uh, that That's that's one that I'm really big on. Um, I would like to see uh, Tank versus Shakur. Yes. Um, and, uh, not necessarily thinking, seeing an opponent yet, but I would like to see, uh, William Zapata, uh, against a top 10 lightweight and see what he's got at that level. Cause he's a very exciting fighter. Uh, so that, that would be something, uh, the high on my list to see. Um, I would also like to see zoo versus Charlo finally get to get done, but I don't know that'll happen with all the problems that the Charlo seem to be having um so i but yeah there's a there's a lot of great fights to be made and um i i kind of uh sneakily 
would like to see uh, Kenshiro Taraji uh, taking on take on Bam before Bam goes to 115 pounds, but I know that's a huge pipe dream. Mm-hmm. As for Shakura Mate, I, I suggested he was once the face of boxing. Now his face has to be covered up by a balaclava with the shame. He's, his stocks are at a low. He's the face of melatonin. <laughs> his, stock, his stocks at a low point, I think, at the moment, isn't it? Really, after that, De Los Santos and the fact that he can't get off social media and keep digging holes for himself, he has a lot of repairing to do in 2024. Shakura fight against Javante Davis would repair some of the damage. But what do you think about that? He's he's a man in need of a of a good dance partner and a good performance and. And uh, he, he's a tremendously skilled fighter, but you know the thing is, if you're if you're not just standing in front of him and and and, and trying to lead, he he doesn't necessarily um, do enough to to ignite. And and I could see him being outworked by a fighter and losing a decision. And I can just see um, a, a very capable and accurate puncher not giving a shit about what's coming back and yes. uh, and sparking him out. So we'll we'll see. Uh, 2024 is going to be a big year for Shakur Stevenson if if he hopes to uh, uh, have some momentum in this 135 to 140 pounds, which is absolutely stacked. And I mean, take your pick. In, in, there's any number of fights uh, between the fighters in those two divisions that's absolutely mouthwatering. And uh, Shakur needs to do something to get back in that conversation again. Do you know what he could do, Matty? I'm just to come to my mind. He could do, he could pull like a con against Maidana move, and if he fought someone like Matias, it would sort of like oh, add Jesus. a bit of credibility all of a sudden. He beat him, and like the hardcore, but like, oh, you know, Shakur, this is great. I think it would turn people around a little bit. We almost like you, you have to see him walk through fire just to get yes. our respect again. Yes. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll see. Um, I I don't know. Again, I think Bob's just so phoning it in anymore. I don't know what's going on over at Top Rank. I yeah, Lopez fake. against Lopez against Jermaine Ortiz. That that fight mm-hmm. just does nothing for me. And I do that as someone who rates what Ortiz has done at uh, one thirty five quite highly. Ramirez is gone. If Shakura goes as well, then Top Rank could be on Skid Row. But anyway, that's a conversation for another night. Just before we go to Joe quickly, Yumi Yappy says Rob versus the Wind. Haven't heard from Rob tonight. Maybe he's got blown away. Uh, Take Ames says Jake Paul versus KSI. And Rob versus Miami Mall, a- Mal Alien, whoever that is. Uh, Michael Thompson says, quote rematching that sparring partner. We'd love to see that, wouldn't we? Uh, Captain Casual, Ortiz Jr. versus you. And the winner to fight the quote, maybe. That'd be interesting. Mark Stanton, Eddie Hearns, Fringe versus a Wind Tunnel. Uh, we got Ellaby versus Hearn, says E.K. Tran. Chris Butler says Haney versus Lopez. Matias versus Haney, says Michael Thompson as well. T.O. versus Haney. A lot of Haney shouts out from Cedric Sniff there. Yimmy Yappy says Father Dave versus Bitcoin Rodney. Father Dave was sliding into my emails this week. Said he's got a, a world title fight on the horizon, but he has to go back to becoming an amateur again to get it. So I'm not, not really sure what the hell's Makes going sense. on with Father Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds legit, doesn't it? That <laughs> hey, I'm pulling for We're Father Dave. Title. We are on the Father Dave team, man. You go out and you kick some ass and you get that fucking title, Father Dave. Right, fair play. Uh, Ray says uh, Rick Glazer versus Dan Raphael. Take Ames, uh, he's got silly now. He says Dubois versus Joe Joyce, too. And Navaretti versus Cordina, <laughs> probably for a fight of the year contender. MB, Joe, what are you looking forward to in 2024? Uh, Tio versus Matias is the top of my list. I think mm-hmm. that was flouted after uh, Lopez's last fight. That would be a fantastic fight. Um, Bivol uh, Baturbiev as well, which you mentioned earlier on. Um, I'd like to see Zoo and, and, and Charlo. I think Maddie mentioned that as well. Uh, Loma and Shakur, I think that's a great fight. 
Um, I think you're right, Maddie's right about your curry. Definitely needs one to win back over the boxing public a little bit after uh, he just does so much talking on on, on Twitter and our ex uh, that it's just you know it's taken away from his skills and he's. I, I get if he wants to be seen as a heel and you think that's the best way to get big fights and if that's the kind of persona he's going for, fine. But you do have to back it up by fighting people. Um, who else have I got? What about Nakatani uh, and Estrada at 118? I know we're talking about Estrada not being able to mm-hmm. maybe fight himself out of big fights, but I'd love to see Nakatani with, with someone really good as well, really test him this year. Um, I, he, I think he's at 118, right? It, it maybe, it, maybe 2024 would be too early to ask for this, but maybe in 2025, if is still ruling at 122, that would be a, a, a watering Japanese clash. Uh, I think Nakatani's down to fight uh, Santiago, isn't he? He beat Donair at the end of February, actually. Very good. That'll be a good fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Santiago, he's, he's, he's a handy fighter. So, yeah, that's, that's that's exactly the kind of progression that you'd like to see from Nakatani. So, um, maybe maybe the next level sometime at the back end of 2024 20, would be good. Uh, who else have I got? Uh, Morel as well. Let's see Dave Morel in a good fight. If not the Canelo fight, then I know they're contend there are top level once it got on sixty eight. I think, I think you'll see him against Plant, Joe. I, I really Yeah, do. I think so. I think Plant as well. In Billy, yeah. as we mentioned earlier, Joe, that'd be a good uh, shootout for as long as it lasted. That'd be great. You know, at some stage the guys have to start fighting. I know we've been saying that about fighters and division scenes for a long time, like it whether it's the, the young guys at at lightweight or the heavyweight guys, but the you know, sitting on the sidelines and just waiting for your opportunity just does nothing for any for you. And you can see that when Plant eventually got a shot against Canelo, he was rusty. Pretty much like all Canelo's fighters, Smith was the same. They all just wait for 12, 18 months to get these shots. And by the time they get the shots, they're, 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 they're shot. Uh, so you're better off keeping your keeping your iron sharp by fighting the guys around you. So I, I wouldn't be mad at seeing Morel against any of the top guys, but I definitely want to do see him in against the top guy. Um, my brother just moved out to Minneapolis, actually, coincidentally, as well. So uh, oh. I'd like to go out and actually see the guy live. So the armory, Joe. Yeah, that'd be class, yeah. that would. That's that's the perfect excuse now, Joe. It looks like great crack, doesn't it? Like the atmosphere out there. Like, I think every time I've seen a fight out there, it just it looks like a really good atmosphere. Uh, yeah. Just, really just good. wait until at least May. Like, fight looks look fun, you know? Mm. Just wait until at least May to go there. The winter in Minneapolis just looks fucking miserable. Yeah, I told you I lived in Toronto for a while. I lived from like May to September. I think outside of those months, you pretty much live underneath the ground. They have like these <laughs> like complexes where you go to your office and you get your food, and everyone like you don't even see the light of day because it's so cold outside. So, um, no, I, I like it here in New Jersey. Uh, it's uh, it's very temperate. Have you seen Otto Wallen lately, or is he hiding from you? He's hiding from me. He's not responding <laughs> to my DMs either. He's, he's gone cold. He's, he can't look me in the eye after he folded against AJ. <laughs> when I first met him, like in the street, I just walked up to him and started talking to him. And we actually talked about AJ as well. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's all come full circle for me and Adam. Oh, good stuff. Uh, Andy, on to you. Nobody's mentioned any heavyweight fights yet. I don't know whether that's a coincidence or by design, but nobody's looking forward to seeing a heavyweight fight in 2024 that hasn't already been uh, nailed down. Yeah, I suppose, mate. I mean, there is only a, well, this time last year, there was a couple, there was a handful of fights we wanted to see. Now, there is only really one that we want to see at this point, which on terms of purposes we seem to be getting. So that's, that's good, at least. Uh, Baterbev Bivol, I don't know if the boys have already mentioned that. I kind of slightly tuned out there. I think Matty mentioned Alvarez, Benavidez, I'm all over that fight. Hopefully that gets made. And Billy against Morel, down for that one, absolutely. 
Try to think now. Tim Zoo again. Tim Zoo. I'd be happy to see him fight anybody. To be fair, actually. Boots against Stan Jonas. I can't believe. Well, I was just coming that. I see. I'm just scrolling through divisions now because I was thinking about Crawford. Now I'm like, there's nothing really for Crawford just now. Nah, he's done it well away. Spence rematch is washed. We see the Charlo situation. I heard Spence is fucking fat now. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, mate. I wouldn't be surprised. Stan Jonas again needs a fight. Ennis needs a fight. Both of them grossly inactive, man. I know, I know, mate. It's a PBC they, thing, seemingly, under. We just need to wait and see if, if this Amazon Prime deal is going to kick asses and stuff like that. But the uh, other one I want to see, I want to see Matias against Lopez. Yeah. Um, I think that would be absolutely fantastic. Um, even Haney against Matias or Haney against Lopez, down for any of those ones. Who would you like to see Tank fight? Would you rather see Stevenson, Haney? Um, well, again, mate, I like to see Tank fight fight Matias. I like to see him fight Lopez and mm. Progre and Haney. And if he wants to get himself into the fucking mix and throw in Stevenson and that as well. But these weight, the, you know, the weight is going to be an issue. I don't think you yeah. need titles, these type of fights. I think you can maybe get a catch weight between 135 and 140. Again, I think that will pull in the hardcore. You don't need, don't, doesn't need belts. Don't need belts. Uh, Ryan Garcia again. If he's wanting to fish about Barroso and that, then I think I think we're kind of known where his uh, his um, focus is on at the minute. His ambitions are. <laughs> yeah, basically that's what I was looking for. Ambition, really. Yeah. Uh, for, Saki Foster against Cordina, possibly if you want to get a fight one thirty. I honestly, guys, I don't think that Foster gets past Nova for some reason. I think I've just does. got a hunch. I've just he's got past a hunch. who. Abraham Nova. Abraham Nova, they're fighting next year. <laughs> Steve, oh, and by the way, Steve, Nathan. great prediction, prediction on our part. <laughs> oh, yeah, when he started throwing his name in, all the names, and he goes, I might fight Abraham Nova. And we're like, fuck, where'd that name come from? <laughs> <laughs> we're like, oh, it looks like he's him fighting him. Abraham Nova. <laughs> hey, just confetti him through the earpiece. That's what happened Tipexed there. onto the telecaster. <laughs> yeah, exactly, aye. Uh, Nick Ball. I want to see Nick Ball fight anybody around about fringe world level. Um, maybe yeah. like uh, uh, Mauricio Lara, possibly. Wouldn't him versus Ramirez be a kick of a fight? You got that big, tall bastard against five foot two uh, Nick Ball or Espinosa, I mean, the guy that beat Ramirez. Oh yeah. my yeah. God, wouldn't that be a kicker? Uh, oh man, just a giant versus the little uh, ball of muscle. That'd be a kick. We've already mentioned NUA and stuff like that as well. We've mentioned Ioka, Estrada, Gonzalez, that type of stuff. And Again, I'm, I'm not really wanting to see a fourth fight. Um, hey, what else we got? What about Jay Opatoya versus the Guota? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm up for that one, mate. I'm up for that one. I'm up for Bernard Hopkins fighting Dahaney in the toilets as well. <laughs> in the toilets? In the toilets, mate, aye. Well, if I can be, be hopes about to go back to the penitentiary here, eh? take it to the toilets, <laughs> man. He's offering people into dark rooms. <laughs> I tell you, though, Haney was all about that smoke. He was all he was he was chapping about that smoke ten months ago. And what happens when that beehive smoke comes 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 basically straight into his into his nostrils? He shit his pants, by the way, didn't he? You fucking kid yourself. He oh, no fucking blame. shat it. Shat it. Um, Why do we need to go to the bathroom? Uh, <laughs> okay, I think I say that da, da Haney's on time, so he should have fucking known what that phrase meant. I know, but Hopkins, man, fuck me. It's a different no. animal in it there. No fucking Gillette. <laughs> I tell you who I want to see fighting by the way. And again, I'm not proclaiming it to be the next big thing, but see that Albert Ramirez, I think he's the Venezuelan at light heavyweight, yes. one seven five. Yes. I'm telling you, man, I think with the right fights, 
he in the right opportunity, he might just pull it off. But again, Beterbiev and Bivol were fantastic champions at this point. And you, uh, but he would, he, she likes to, he likes Boatse and Dan Aziz and Yard and guys of that ilk and that fucking log it. Ramirez fucking walks through every one of them. It's a good list there, Andy. I wouldn't mind if we saw two or three of them. I think we'd be yeah. happy enough. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Good stuff. Right, thanks very much for that, boys. Before we go on to Belly of the Week, we had a comment coming from Marcus Bellinger over Christmas. So let's have a look what he was saying. Again, I think this was around the time of Christmas Day, just before. Marcus says, hey, lads, just wanted to say thanks for the regular content this year and may the pod continue to go from strength to strength in 2024. Well, let's hope it continues to go. <laughs> Never mind strength to strength. Anyway, whilst the drug situation has been a shambles and the heavyweights have been a letdown, I think 2023 overall has been a bloody good year for boxing. Hopefully tonight's card, which was the day of reckoning, I think, or maybe it was in UA, is the step to bring closure for this era of heavyweights. There you go. And Crawford and UA produced performances that would be worthy in any era. There is so much talent and depth at 135 and 140, as we were just saying. And Tank, Garcia, Haney, Loma, Haney, Progre and Tio Taylor were excellent fights that got made. And let's hope the trend continues next year. Bam produced an outstanding performance against Sonny. And personally, I'm looking forward to the featherweight and bantamweight division of next year. Keep up the good work. Cheers, Marcus. And I'll send in some predictions and fighters to look out for early in the new year. So thank you to Marcus for that. He's always... Uh, on top of the Asian scene, so he knows what's going on down there. Unless anybody has anything else to mention, I think it's time to move on to the Belly of the Weeks. If so, throw it in now, boys. We've pretty much covered everything, haven't we? Yeah, it's been it's been quite a quiet start, actually. Yeah. Oh, I, I would like to say real quick, especially Ooh. with Joe here, uh, there's still time to get in uh, to the Patreon if you want to be part of this season of the Boxing Nutters Prediction League. Uh, we're going to be doing the first week of this uh, quarterly season. Uh, coming up this weekend, going into next Wednesday, we're going to be picking a fight off of uh, the uh, Canadian card on Saturday and throwing in the Pro Box main event from a week from this Wednesday um, as the second fight. So uh, look forward to that. And if you uh, join up with the Patreon, you will get all the details on how to do the rest. Yeah, absolutely. Patreon.com forward slash Boxing Asylum for the Prediction League, the WhatsApp group, all the other things, a splinter fitness group, Matty, as well. We're, we're shedding pounds each week. So if you want to shed your pounds in the Patreon to us, you can also shed a few pounds and a few kilograms in the splinter fitness group. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of people doing a lot of good work in there. And then there's me. Not us. Well, there's me who's losing weight just by intermittent fasting and not doing as much sugar, but eating whatever I want when I do eat, like getting all the, seeing all these healthy meals. You're like, well, I didn't eat for 24 hours, but before that I had Korean fried chicken. So, um, I, I, yeah, I like my methods. Uh, we'll see how it all works out in the end. We can do a little compare and contrast. Yeah, let's hope not. Uh, MB says, God, you'll be doing Eddie Hearn's 5K next. Maybe not. <laughs> we'll try. Let's see if we, see if we do the 0.5K first. Anyway, patreon.com forward slash boxing asylum. Uh, to play us into the belly of the weeks, we're going to have to rely on old material, unfortunately. All these videos we keep playing every week. I have to sit and mute and trim. Andy knows all about this because of copyright this, copyright that fucking YouTube copyright this and, and everything so yeah we have to play an, an old aj meltdown i think to to play us into the belly of the week for episode 554 uh, fury against u6 coming up soon so i think no better time than to play this one uh, when aj was admitting a few things to us in the ring after his own fight with music this is a this is a proper man in you know what I mean? proper man who don't talk shit don't tell lies he's a he, he gives everybody his time Round of applause as our heavyweight champion of the world. Woo! Nice work, Joshua. 
I'm not a 12 round fighter. Look at me. I'm a new breed of heavyweights. All them heavyweights, Mike Tyson, Sonny Liston, Jack Dempsey. Oh, yeah, you don't throw combinations like Rocky Marciano. Because I ain't fucking 14 stone, that's why. I'm 18 stone, I'm heavy. You're a troll. You know the word troll? You know what that means? Like a troll is just a fucking complete and utter low-life scumbag. It's a troll. So what? you don't have to say anything to the trolls. Hard work. This guy here is a phenomenal talent. We're going to cheer for him three times. Well, how many belts you got now, bro? Five. Hip, hip! Hip, hip! Hip, hip! Hip, hip! Hip, hip! And as I said, I was studying Ukraine and all the champions that have come from your amazing country, but I've never been there. But at the same time, what's happening there is, I don't know what's happening, but it's not nice at the end of the day. I've seen it with Lomachenko in his second fight against Orlando. There was unrest in Ukraine, right or wrong. There was issues in Ukraine in your second fight. There was civil war. Vitaly Klitschko, when he faced Danny Williams, civil unrest. Get behind AJ to win this weekend. He's a great man. He's done so much for the sport. He's inspired so many. As Bellew says, you know, he paved the way, AJ, for fights for, for um, Bellew, like against Usyk and against David Hay, and for him to have that kind of platform. Usyk as a champion, please raise your hand. Under those circumstances, he managed to become champion. Champ, champ! Champ, champ! Champ, champ! And I just want to say, Bismillah. One of the all-time great meltdowns there, my man. <laughs> I just I think I, I just think it's hilarious how all these Westerners uh, in that part of the world and boxing is going right now. It actually, the results are pretty fucking hilarious if you look at it. The initial reaction was like, nice words. <laughs> oh, yeah, B, nice words from AJ. <laughs> Classy. It's like it goes so downhill from there. <laughs> well, uh, thanks for that, Anthony. Uh, value of the week. Uh, it's leading us in. Talking of nice words, there's been some nice words this week. Unfortunately, we had a passing in the boxing community, and it was met uh, by the words of Rick Glazer himself, who broke it. Breaking, says Rick. Long-time boxing manager, hashtag Cameron Duncan, has passed away this morning. Duncan managed many top fighters over his 33 years in hashtag boxing. Duncan was 67 and in ill health for years. There's no RIP here. It's good riddance, Cameron Duncan. The lies have now officially stopped. <laughs> what a past of it. He's brutal, <laughs> Oh, absolute cunt of a man, by the way. <laughs> Oh dear. Someone uh, dragged this one up as well, Andy, from before, man. This one, I don't know if this is better or worse. He said, <laughs> RIP Carlos Panama Lewis. I know many don't have nice things to say about Panama, but he was a big believer in yours truly and always sung my praises. Thank you, Panama. <laughs> <laughs> He's like Donald you think Trump. Yeah. 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 It's great that all men have these kind of opinions, but like to actually be. A platform for them to put them out to the world like Twitter is just amazing as well. <laughs> <laughs> like Twitter missed a few boxing characters, but Rick Laser is definitely one that I'm glad it didn't miss. Oh, yeah, Rick, Rick's a good guy, man. Well, he thinks he is anyway, but <laughs> he's an entertaining guy. <laughs> he is. Someone else tweeted this out DJ Fucknuts. 
uh, tweeted out, breaking, long-time boxing insider Rick Glazer has sadly split from his lovely wife, Sonia, sources confirm. I'm sure you will join me in wishing Rick all the best. Sonia was named did with Steven Espinosa, and they planned to open a fish and chip takeaway, and then he tagged in Rick, and Rick's like, take that line tweet down, or you'll be suspended by Twitter, stroke X. Your choice, Jack off. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear we'll did you see the video I was having last night yeah he was kicking off wasn't he at the oh, show he was, he was making moves yeah he had to throw his weight around his considerable weight around it's <laughs> let it be known who was there you know who they were talking to jack off what, why is Oscar employing him Joe for any kind of meaningful business no serious business would entertain Glazer on their books must yeah, have but... on him <laughs> yeah. I think must have to have some terrible dirt on Oscar, I'd say. Yeah. I'd say he's got something that he found in the back of one of his taxi cabs many years ago. You know, a dildo with his name on it or something like that. <laughs> I'm sure he has. <laughs> Who knows where that's been? Uh, Matty. <laughs> There's Oscar. I'm not sure what his missus was up to. It seemed like she's wearing a fake beard. What's, what's, what's going on there, Matt? Did you catch that? Yeah, it looks to me like she's trying to get a big purse from Saudi Arabia. I don't know. <laughs> oh, dear. She was distracting me. I'm not sure what's happening there. And there's Oscar himself. He says, well, lots of eyes will be on Virgil Ortiz tonight, and they should be. Don't miss the co-main with Golden Boy's newest soon-to-be star, O'Hara Davis. He wins tonight. He gets rollies for the world title. Vamos! At O'Hara Davis. <laughs> Tweets that preceded unfortunate events. Uh, I think he deleted it afterwards, but we got, we got a copy. <laughs> you know, the internet never forgets. Uh, Joe, you nominated this one. Sibby Boxing says, Happy New Year, boxing family. What's your bold boxing prediction for 2024? And Jim Carras said, Matchroom USA would have a breakout year and get a foothold into the US market. <laughs> yeah, I heard you want to pay uh, Devin Farmer another $3 million for... To book out Philadelphia, put Jesse Vargas in the undercard. Now we've seen we've seen this before, like you know, it it, it try it they tried to do so fail horribly. I don't know why twenty twenty four would be any different, you know. I don't know, uh, Matty. Uh, what's your latest with the zone? I saw that going around uh, the Twitter sphere um, over Christmas about the guy who tried to cancel the zone. He'd signed up in New Zealand when he lived in New Zealand. <laughs> And he was trying to cancel the zone, and the customer service advised him that he would have to fly back to New Zealand and cancel in the country that he, he signed up in. Yeah. What? Seriously, yeah. he's signed up yeah. in New Zealand. He's got to go back there and fly. Yeah. Just cut him off at the source, man. Cut off the bank account. What's going on? That's what they told him. I I can't figure it out, Steve. It works fine on my computer, but then I get that lag shit through Roku, and then I get that lag shit if I try to uh, just get it through the internet on my television. I don't know what in the God's fucking name is going on with the zone, but it, it's not nice. I can only watch it on my phone and I have to then telecast it onto my TV because every time I try to turn on my TV, it says I'm logged in too many accounts. Yeah. So if you go to the zone website, you can change what devices um, you, you have uh, associated with your account and add a new one. You just ah, you get an old one off of there. There we are. A bit of advice. Matt, you should get on the customer service circuit. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't do worse than those fucking assholes. Absolutely. I've never heard of these, Joe, but betting top 10 Ireland, giving the top 10 tips, 
He says, uh, I think Baturbiev is overrated personally. Still incredible, but certainly overrated. And then he says, maybe he's not overrated then. He's a good boxer. I think Callum Smith beats him relatively easily. They are prediction from betting top 10 Ireland, Joe. Yeah, I'd love to check his form. I'd say his track record is probably questionable. But um doesn't sound like he knows a lot about boxing. I love uh, just Baturbiev, even coming in, into his fight, I'll watch some of his training videos the week of. He's an absolute madman. Like he trains like no one else. He works out muscles like no one else in ways that you'd never see anyone train as well. Like he's just he's an absolute machine. I, I mentioned I was at the Joe Smith Junior fight here in in, in in Madison Square Garden in the theater, and like the, the way he's built, like it's like no one you'd ever see. Like he's got just muscles built on muscles, and he's just built like a like. like I don't know, like Park Gorilla or something like that. Like he's, he's, he just looks he's like the light heavyweight version of fucking Dolph Lundgren in Rocky Four. Yeah, he's just like George Foreman almost. Like he's like a light heavyweight version of him. Like he's kind of built just like fucking beast. So I don't know. I can't see anyone beating him at the moment. Obviously, the father time will get to him. Like um, I can't remember who said it earlier on. Maybe maybe Ames, but uh, like that that he can't keep going. But the way he he conditions his body, the way. He has like the top guys in Montreal and some like Canadian sports excellent academy who look over every aspect of his training and make sure he's not going too hard or you know he's not like some guy who's just like running up hills standing on his hands but he also can do all that nerdy stuff as well and like his, his hand and wrist workouts are insane like that he, he spins the barbell for the for the weightlifting like it's a like it's a lollipop, like you know, he spins it around on on just one handed, like you know. If I tried to do that, I'd literally, I'd never use my wrist again. I'd be wanking <laughs> with my feet for the rest of my, the rest of my life. Like, so. <laughs> I don't know how he does it, like you know. How, how do you start even doing something like that? Like he's just he's, he's from a different planet, like mm-hmm. from a different planet. Speaking of which, rapping Rob Kelly's jumped on. I'm the thinking, I'm thinking, my ears are burning. <laughs> <laughs> Just in time for this one, Rob. The McGuigan Family Gym and Promotional Company is set to be liquidated. You'll be sorry to hear. Well, that was really going places as well, I think. <laughs> There's a lot of faith in that brand, wasn't there? Money ran surprise. out. Everybody else's. <laughs> <laughs> You're not taking back any of these other people's stuff, liquidators. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear me, we wish Barry well. Uh, Jack Massey boxing, I thought this was quite a good one actually, Andy. He said, it'd be rude not to share this one again. At Bombs Bomber, Deontay Wilder, give me a call, I'll show you a few pointers on catching Joe Parker with the right hand. Then he put up a little video of him catching Parker with repeated right hands. A good bit of trolling from Jack Massey there. Yeah, he's well done, mate. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, uh, talking of right hands, there's another one for you, Andy. Eddie Hearn's handprints. Heading for the Boulevard World Riyadh season celebrity wall for the day of reckoning. There you are, those poor prints on the on the wall. Hey, what, the wall of shame. He's losing, <laughs> a, he's losing a lot of weight as already, by the way. Try to keep up the young pups these days, man. They're power of shagging taking the right out of him, like, you know? Can happen. <laughs> he's um... <laughs> I thought he was <laughs> Oh, fuck me. I thought he was doing that into a mold of Sky Nicholson's arse. That's what I thought that was. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to come up behind him in that chair, just like Ghost, him and Demi Moore, are just going to start making pottery together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, dear. Good old Eduardo. There they are, Matty. First time I've seen a guy have to stand on a cushion for the post-weighing photo. <laughs> <laughs> 
What the fuck? Marked him away. <laughs> Getting a bit of elevation there. I thought, is that like the magic carpet was flung about of Egypt or something like that, no? <laughs> what the fuck is the That's point the wrong here? That's the wrong the boy's head in the ring. For... <laughs> I don't know. He's on the cushion for some reason. I'm not really sure why. Um, where have they got that cushion from? Like that looks like it's coming to someone's living room. Like and they brought us it away in, or was it just in the lobby? What happened there? Like it's it's the ma- it's the fucking maximized version of George Costanza in his Timberlands. Oh, I think he looks quite well, old Demori. There didn't do him good much good in the fight though. Uh, you well, can hear Frank Warren saying, "Hang about, hang <laughs> about, <laughs> 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 fucking cushion." Do me a fucking favour, mate. You fucking shooter. <laughs> They fucking shooting lads. <laughs> bricked up. <laughs> all bricked up. Yeah. Into the crime scene. Like Jarrell. Oh, here we go. There this, he is, Rob. Former boxer it... was arrested on Tuesday <laughs> for allegedly stealing a truck from a dealership in Hollywood. He was just taking his possessions back, Rob. Well, wait a minute, though, Rob. Is that former serious? boxer. They got in there early, does he? They only fought last week. <laughs> Rob, <laughs> Rob, you've got to agree with me here, right? As I say to the boys, right? His biggest mistake wasn't it the fact that he pulled up on this fucking place. It wasn't the fact that he even entered the place. It was the fact that he entered in there and had a woman with him to actually distract. As soon as that's happened, you're fucked. As soon as you get a woman involved in that situation, yeah, fucked, <laughs> mate. You're fucked. But can't believe. He's like that, and I bet you she was like that scene in fucking Blow when Penelope Cruz, when they get arrested in the car, she starts making <laughs> shit worse for the cops from and all. Like, yeah, he's got coke in the boot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you she was probably like that wee blonde bird that was in the in that series of Ozark. And that wee fucking, that wee, that wee fucking, you know what I'm talking about. I hear you. headed one. Aye. Yeah. You know, you know, fuckers, you know, you know what I'm talking about, the little, little shit. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's, that, that, I bet you that's what he's made by the way, some sort of fucking hood rat. And it's only then white trash or something like that, you know. It, it's only really then you realise you fucked up in it. <laughs> because before that he thought it was all good and all, didn't he? Dude, and he's been in Saudi Arabia earning fucking millions. He's That's what I said. He's like Clifford Etienne, man, isn't he? Making Fuck all that it. money and going, getting himself banged up. But it was a, re- it was a repossessed too. car, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Maybe he had something in the car that he needed back. That could be another right, possible steroids. story. He went to. He went to the 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 right, I've got Epo in there. I need to put it in the fridge. Oh fuck! I need to go and get it. Well, apparently oh. he's got a lot of problems. Apparently he's being sued by Salida. He's being well. He's also being sued by Salida for millions of dollars for his positive test, causing the fi- fights not to happen and the losses that uh, Salida incurred because oh, of it. Yeah, well, maybe then you might you might he have to report. Well, Pardon? What is it, yeah? It's the worst than that. He lives in Florida, doesn't he? I think he does. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to put Big Baby under the jail. He's not fucking getting out of this one. He's fucking... <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what they should do. They should make um, Tank, uh, Big Baby, Curtiside, uh, and Earl Spence all new characters in the new GTA when it comes out. That's the fucking... That's the magnet scheme. And Murray Sucker. And Murray Sucker. GTA Mo. Fuck me, man. Big Baby Miller. What a guy. Like, fucking down to repo the truck. It's not like he... With a guy like him can do that shit inconspicuous, by the way. He's fucking 350 pound away trying to sneak his car back. Fuck off, man. Hey, well, what was that movie with, uh, I think it was Wesley Snipes and Ving Rames, where uh, I think Wesley Snipes was actually the champion of the world. Yeah, yeah. Like he could maybe have like the real life version of that and he could start fighting people in uh, jail. Rames was playing the kind of Mike Tyson character, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, it, mm. it can't go worse than his regular boxing career is going for him. Right? Start That's punching true. guys in jail. Fuck it. Wasn't there a shitty 80s movie like that penitentiary or something that fucking, what's his name was in? 
Kyle Weathers, Kyle Weathers or something. Wasn't Kyle Weathers in one of them shitty jail movies where they had to fight out of the fight? I can't remember. Fucking anyway, don't worry about it. Tom Selleck was in one of that prison movie, man. Fucking Jesus. <laughs> you sure you're not thinking of the one with DMX and Steven Seagal? No, not that. No, that was Exit Wounds, wasn't it? Yeah. Remember that one? That was a good film. I tell you what, I heard a story about that. See that Michael J. White? He was in that film with Steven Seagal, but Michael J. White is like legit, serious fucking boxer, MMA guy, out there and stuff. And. Steam Seagal apparently takes liberties with stuntmen. And then the final fight scene came down to him and Michael J. White. And according to people, was Seagal was shitting his pants because he knew he couldn't take liberties with this boy. If he fucking did, he was getting his fucking teeth around right down his arsehole. <laughs> so. I, I don't even think Steven Seagal can do karate, can he, or whatever the fuck that no, shit is. No, what was that old see, boy? Aikido. Isn't he an Aikido master? Isn't he fuck? He just be hitting these motherfuckers like on the shoulder and all they're dropping like fucking like, hit by a sniper. It's like whoa, and everyone's like going along with the acting. All it's a bit weird, isn't it? And it's like the guy, the guy, the guy's like six foot eight, long arms. He fucking bullies. I'm not saying he's no maybe got a bit of aikido, but the fuck's aikido going to date you in a fucking street fight? Fuck he's all, a, man. He's got like the fucking black hair, soy sauce dripping down the fucking side exactly, of his head man. as well when he's doing it, does he? And the fucking bifocals, <laughs> it's a fucking disaster. I, I just think that it's a shame that he left that uh, being a sheriff uh, and went to Russia or whatever before Eubank Sr. went down there. Can, can, could you imagine a show with Steven Seagal and Eubank Sr. working as law enforcement officers in Louisiana? I, I Absolutely mean, you, can. Well, you talk about fucking hang <laughs> for your buck, fucking sign me up. He's in Russia, Matt. He should fight Roy Jones, man. They have, have Eubank, here, Eubank pulling over yeah. all the fucking perpetrators and all going, you don't want this, dreadlocks. You don't want this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, mate. Anyway, uh, good luck, Jarrell. You're going to need it. Uh, we can't wait for this oh, one. Oh, yeah, we were talking about Jarrell Miller. <laughs> Luke Littler <laughs> and Anthony Joshua to link up for a documentary. Oh, dear. Yeah, I'm sure that's going to go well. There's no fucking way he's 16 by the way, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> paper yeah. around, I'm everybody's, you, saying, he... everybody's saying the missus is too old for him. I'm like, too old for him? Fuck me. His hairline's worse than white, man. He's fucking 16. Every night they beat that cunt, by the way. There's no way he's 16. If he's, <laughs> if he's 16 with a, a blowy yet after what he's done in the, in the darts world behind the fucking doors, that man, there's something fucking far wrong, I tell you right now. Maybe that's how you have to beat the way darts. Like, you know, in boxing, they train him from an early age. They just get him in the pub when they're 12 and just like, just here, eat these fucking pork scratchings, man. Throw that shit at the board. We're going to get good at this. <laughs> yeah. Seen half an hour, mate. Play pool with the boys. You fucking stay in the fucking left. <laughs> what's, what's that? You want a Lucas aid? Yeah, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> Those truly are the man boobs of a 30 year old, though. Let's be real. He's some player, isn't he, the boy? Fair player to him, like. Anyway, he's not in as good shape as this guy. How fitness changed his life at 44. Get him into the nuts of Splinter Group, Matty, I say. Eddie Hearn, men's health. There you are. Pure relentless. Yeah, everybody, everybody's welcome. Every everybody's welcome if if they believe that fitness is a primary. I goal. believe. How, how many? How many in the group are in credit? Fair play to all the fatties. We wish them well. <laughs> it starts Monday, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Do you hear a new John Fisher? <laughs> I don't know. Who was. 
You're doing well, John. Uh, winds of change. Meet unknown Brit nicknamed the Girthquake, who has just <laughs> become a world <laughs> boxing champion seven years after quitting the UK. Girthquake. <laughs> the Girthquake, man. That's IBO the champion. greatest fucking porn name ever. <laughs> <laughs> he's the IBO king, is, is Patel. He's, he's uh, IBO Girthquake, by the way. I'm going to have to go to fucking Pornhub and see if there's anyone on there called Girthquake, because if there isn't, <laughs> then I can't believe that. That's fucking incredible fuck he's read that somewhere for fuck's sake man oh he has probably hasn't he probably took it from somewhere anyway uh another one another couple here a dirty vision sports this was brought to my attention now you're in ua versus marlon tapala's fight reaction andy is in ua a hype job (laughs) or the real deal (laughs) absolutely who who is this helmet i don't know somebody said to me 120 subscribers they want to ask for their money back. 122 money, by the way, folks. Is it a job? I think once you've crossed that threshold of you know potentially being one of the 100 greatest fighters in the history of boxing, the word hype kind of goes out the window. <laughs> yes, well said, well said, Matty. But uh, Martin Bacoli has been busy. He says, I hate, uh, no, that's a Muhammad Ali quote, actually. He put up a GoFundMe, help me to achieve my dream of becoming world champion. Uh, 70 pounds was raised, so it seemed like it was going well. A few trolls jumped in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) At least they give him fivers, silver lining and all. You wonder why he pulled the fucking fundraiser. Yeah, Martin Peter (laughs) Fail. Then you have uh, Martin Martin Touches Boys and Bacoli Loves Kids. Reminds me of a a GoFundMe in Wexford that was started around a fire in a guy's house that was uh, suspicious to say the least. (laughs) One of of my mates put 20 quid in anonymously and said he burnt it himself. I, I gotta ask, do you think he might have put this up there like to make his promoters feel bad and just to get him a fight kind of thing? I've no idea be... what's going on. Apparently he got a load of money from the Democratic of, of Congo, um, Republic of Congo, yeah. sorry, government. And and someone said this, on the on one hand, Matty, there is a locality in the DRC that needs 100,000 to finance a well drilling that can supply thousands of inhabitants with drinking water. On the other hand, there is Bacoli, who needs 100,000 bucks. Choose between champagne for a few or drinking water for all. So I don't think Martin spent the money he got off the Congo government too well, to be honest. So if your idea from having that fight isn't that, hey, if this fight's successful, we can build, dig five wells, you know, then, then then you're thinking about it the wrong way. The, I'm not here to say that they're going to make the right choices. The fucking Congo is one of the poorest countries on earth per capita. Uh, and yet, if you look at the minerals that they have, it is actually one of the wealthiest countries on earth. Um, so if they could just quit killing each other and, you know, like having uh, villages full of ch- children, soldiers, they might be a fucking wealthy nation and not uh, have forget to about pay Martin Bacoli 100K instead oh. of digging a fucking well. Forget about that shit. How do they think the results of his fights are going back home? <laughs> <laughs> that they're fucking spending that kind of bread on him. I want to fucking know what's the report going. I think Congo needs to start the GoFundMe. <laughs> if they're giving their money to Bacoli. Belgium needs to start the GoFundMe. If it's Congo, you know, Belgium calls all their shit. So we'll start with that. Exactly. Yeah. 
Well, great bunch of lads. Yeah, great bunch of lads. Congolese, the Congolese. <laughs> that is just a truly bizarre story, man, Flip me. But anyway, good luck to Bacoli, whatever he's up to there. With Billy Nelson up in Scotland. Uh, those are all the uh, nominations I've got for this week. Matty, what do you have for us? I have nothing. The holidays and all that has been quite busy, but we'll start paying attention again uh, in the new year. Okay, lovely stuff. Uh, Joe, what do you have for us? B-Hop for his little bump. Uh, he was looking for a bump oh, off yeah. there. Yes, in the, in the that's a winner for me, baby. Bump on the way to the bathroom as well. So. Yeah, bumps all around b- b- B-Hop is fucking inviting everybody to the bathroom these days, isn't he? Just uh, any problem he has with someone's like, yo, my man, you want to go to the bathroom? Like, relax, B-Hop, man. There's cameras everywhere here. What's the fucking problem? (laughs) That's what I said. That's the second person he wants to get into a dark room, isn't it, B-Hop? He keeps saying this like some jail shit. He's like, you know what I'm saying? When it's man to man, you have to ask somebody to go to the bathroom. Like, what? (laughs) For me, it was just weird because I was used to doing bumps in the bathroom, not bumping yeah, and then telling yeah. people to go to the bathroom. It's it was totally backwards. F- fucking most bizarre exchange since the last bizarre Bernard Hopkins exchange two weeks ago. It's definitely the fucking up there since... <laughs> what the fuck? I, I shit you not. So I, I had a friend growing up, and his dad was... Uh, and my friend, he was a black guy, but his, his dad was an army vet who had some traumatic brain injury. And like he would sit sit there and make like make us listen to him for like hours at a time as he like wax lyrically about life. And whenever Hopkins goes off on a tangent, I get this fucking flashback to sitting in front of my friend's dad and just fucking listening to him and his his his, his, his treatise on life. Like Hopkins, he's like a philosopher with brain damage. It doesn't quite work. Yeah, it's just fucking never gets to the point. It's just a fucking. It's a. It, I, he's just like everybody knows a hop. I was one of the biggest B-Hop fans there is. When when he had his detractors, I was one of his biggest fucking defenders. Like, but um, and speaking to him was probably one of the two times I was genuinely starstruck in my life. But having said that, um, he's rocking up at too many press conferences in turtlenecks and kind of like fucking <laughs> suede jackets looking for trouble these days. I don't know what's going on with him. I'm quite worried. Yeah. Oh, but... Bathroom hops this in. I'm probably picking this one. Maybe Gerald Miller, possibly. But the fact is, Dem- uh, Dahini was talking all that, all that shit, all that shit about a year ago, and he was high energy. And then mm. what happened? B-Hop, make no mistake. Old school, man. The okay. out of yeah, yeah, there's levels to this prison life. B-Hop being paying trend today, by the way, and so has Bill Haney. Bill Haney clearly didn't learn when he was in the, when he was in the panel, didn't he? Because B-Hop walked up behind him and just whispered in his ear. If that was in the pen, came what happened there. Bill Haney has been in the fucking hospital with a fucking shank in his fucking kidneys, by the way. So, Or maybe he made uh, something else, which is fucking even worse. <laughs> but, <laughs> see, security getting involved, though. You see, security coming across and old Da Haney kind of, you know, you know, the eyes were getting a bit twitchy and you know, all that type of stuff. Oh, he was shook. I thought, I, I, in the he exchange, was shook. He was shook. He was shook. But at the same time, B-Hop's not fighting nobody. He's relaxed. Like, he's not fucking fighting anybody out in the lobby but, or anything. Stop, like. But the thing is, though, he, he is... He needs to get the bathroom etiquette as well. <laughs> I, th- I, I can understand him getting involved with that last carry on with the gay... Uh, the guy spitting his face. He's been, that's, that's, that's assault, man. You can't mm. go... Uh, no, you can't do that. that. But then, as I say, Dahaney was, was, was spreading the heat and then the smoke came blowing in and that was B-Hop and Bill Haney didn't want to smoke it, did he? So, <laughs> he didn't want to go to the bathroom and smoke that heat. Did, did you say that that, that, uh, that shoulder was, was assault? 
He's trying to get away. He's trying to get away from the cameras. No, 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 sorry, my Rob. See, um, the last situation with B Hop got involved with uh, with Samson Lakovich. Well, Samson Lakovich got spat upon by the uh, by the guy. The guy, uh, it was Elvis Grant's. The guy who owns Grant's gloves. His son spat in Samson Lakovich's face. The fuck? Yeah. We have put Mendel as I chased him down the fucking hall. He chased him all over the hotel, man, trying to get hold of this guy to kick his cousin. Asking him to the bathroom again. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's on PTSD, Let's go to man. He hops smuggling in bottles of links in his friggin' ass yeah. and everything. Nowadays. I'm just wondering when he goes, to, he's he's trying to get away from the cameras, but when he goes to the bathroom, he's like the little African lad with the aftershave is either Eflick because he already has the tuxedo on, so it makes sense, don't it? <laughs> You look at that as a potential assault story, and I look at that as about a story of, of togetherness because you just saw a Muslim standing up for a Jew. Like, that's the world I want to live in right there. That, that was a beautiful sequence. There you go, but you can't even spit in folks' faces like. No. No, look, fucking been defending Lukowicz. That was the right fucking thing to do. Yeah, I mean, fucking, the, the, the who guys fucking goes around spitting in people's faces? That's one of those things. That Every one of my exes. <laughs> Rob, you need to keep your snowball I'll key keep off of the it. podcast. Uh, <laughs> no, that's not what it was. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, any others from you? Who are we on to? Joe? Tell, I think. Was, oh, no, Andy? sorry. No, no, it was Joe, sorry. Joe, yeah, sorry, Joe. Oh, I just had the uh, the V-Hop bump. Um, yeah, that was it. Good stuff. Uh, Andy? Yeah, B Hop as well for me, mate. Um, the one in there for as well for uh, O'Hara. Just, I mean, did you see the start of the show? Just to kind of fight yourself back into contention like that, just to get iced. Have Oscar, Oscar saying the next big thing in boxing, baby. Oh, fucking hell. He lasts see, 30 seconds, man. Seabur also. He throws the punches like you ever see those fucking uh, viral clips on Insta or something where it's like a seventy-five-year-old man hitting a heavy bag and he still can whack. That's what it <laughs> yeah. also looks like when he's throwing the punches in real time, don't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> obviously, obviously, big baby, my lot of me as well. He just he goes without saying. Hey, it's just. It's just fucking mm. Big Baby Miller is just a big bit. That, that's why he's got his fucking nickname, isn't it? Big Baby, Big Baby Opportunity Haver who fucks it up. That should be his well, fucking nickname. You can wonder that, that's is, too is, many is, words, rather. Yeah, is, I guess it's not it's not as snappy as I wanted it to be. Has has Big Double D just smacked him a bit too hard, do you think, possibly? No, he was always a dickhead nah, though, wasn't he? I think he's nah, just a career high payday. He thinks he needs to go and re repo his car. What the fuck's going on? Dude, Meanwhile, you gotta, you, you gotta think, man, if you're a guy that size who grew up, I, I think he's from fucking Brownsville, Brownsville in yeah, New York. Like, I. like, dude, that guy, uh, you know, he might not be the greatest boxer in the world, but that guy is a bad motherfucker. I know a lot of people from Brownsville. A lot of people from Brownsville. Uh, Brownsville is a lovely place. We wish them all well. It's a great spot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like an LL Cool J, bitch. Well, come on. Cool J's from Queens. And of course, this with Queens. Bruce Carrington's from Brownsville, uh, and his crew were all at his last fight. I think it was in uh, it was the undercard of the Paterbia Smith fight, I think. And uh, they all his all his crew just came in to see him fight. They ran down to the front of the show, sat up everyone's all the fancy seats, didn't give a fuck, smoking blunts, having a great time. It was actually oh, so much fun. Yeah, all about it. The Ville, um, the Ville is the fucking is a serious place. Uh, fucking. Sean Price from Brownsville, my man Rim, Thurston Howell, all them. Uh, the infamous gam- gang, the Decepticons and the Low Lives are all from Brownsville. It's a 
Replays, like I said. Performers. Well, <laughs> that, that's why they could be no. both because they're deceptive. I get, I yeah. get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's my maybe where they took the inspiration for their name. <laughs> <laughs> you're just, I mean, you're just lucky they didn't choose the Cabbage Patch Kids if they're going off of '80s toys. It could have been bad. Javonta, right? I feel like we di- we digress. Let, let's go through. Let's go through the list again. Before before we get out of here, Matty, I know you're enjoying yourself, but we need to just calm things down a bit, you know, bell you the week and all stuff. It's no, it's no laughing matter. He's not self back into the new year, Mike. I know, yeah. We're having a good time so far. Year's we're dragging not, a bit, Matt. We're not going to solve not. out the Middle East crisis in bell, bell you of the week. You don't you don't ease it, Steve. You spit and go. Spit and go. Just like Elvis Grant. Uh, Rick Glazer was our first nomination <laughs> for another spit one of his and RIPs. Spit and push. Oh, Panama Duncan passed well. away on that side. Who, Panama Lewis? Fuck him, man. If he's dead, man, fuck him. Can, Cameron Duncan, the lies never stop. Uh, Rick got punked as well by DJ Fucknuts. We had Oscar's Bird with the fake Gaga. Show, 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 Oscar's Bird. Who's sorry, Steve? But <laughs> <laughs> she seems like she's enjoying it. Hi. <laughs> She has to go home to Oscar. He was uh, big enough. It looks uh, like she's trying to represent both sides of the India-Pakistan oh, conflict. <laughs> Talking to Oscar, if you think YouTube, he's actually on. It's not like MTV Cribs or anything like that, but it's, it's like there's, there's like a, a 15-minute documentary actually going to put his new house uh, just above the Las Vegas Strip. It's apparently mint it, apparently. Oh. That's yeah. one of Jake Donovan as well, Andy. Was it there on around his house? Possibly, mate. I just seen the video kicking about last night. I've I've, I've saved it to kind of watch it like later in that day, so I'll maybe catch it later during the week. Good stuff. Um, we had Jim Carras nominated by Joe's on the call with us here. We had Betting Top Ten Ireland. He maybe need to hand in their betting slips. We had uh, Barry McGuigan there getting liquidated. Log Jack Massey boxing with a troll. We had Eddie with his <laughs> hands. We had Mark DeMori standing on the cushion. We had Jarrell for all of his activities. We had Luke, Luke, Luke Littler and AJ in the documentary. Eddie's health. We had the girthquake. We had the troll, hype, the hype job of the real deal. We had Bacoli as well there at the end. <laughs> that Bacoli stuff's quality, man. I'm telling you right there. That is absolutely brilliant trolling. Hey, guys, do you think the bastard even still took the money? Even though I mean, they lads have put that money up in good faith. I wonder if they might be cancelled at the end of the day. I need to know that. I need to know. <laughs> the boys were happy just to put the fiver through, but uh, you probably make you, as much money as the super chats, don't free you? Money, yeah. Do you see with Big Baby Miller? Do you think it's the fact that like he's probably just looking at Andy Ruiz's Instagram and getting all jealous? <laughs> it could have been him. Yeah, <laughs> is, is Andy Ruiz not getting divorced and the missus not going to yeah, have right. millions as Taking well? Yeah, for a ride. Yeah. yeah, there we go, man. Where we go? Well, they'll be sharing any good, more good news stories on a Sunday night. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Start at start of the year, meaning to go on. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, guys, fucking start of the new year. Cat Williams trying to fucking set, set oh, the world alight, man. man. Obliterated Jesus, him. That was I love Cat Williams, man. Absolutely tremendous, man. Honestly, God, that's. Yeah. I hate it. Today, I'm going to shit except Cat Williams. All Cat Williams this year for years has been on point. Like his the Michael Jackson bit for me and the Iraq War bit. Oh my <laughs> god, the fucking funniest guys in history, man, a legend. 
We've got a report of a disturbance. Ain't no disturbance here, officer. Just fuck the bitch. He said, this is part when he said about the Iraq war, and he's like, we're not over there killing Iraqi soldiers. We're over killing them. He goes, anybody, tell, anybody in the audience want to tell me what the Iraqi uh, soldier's uniform looks like? He's like, exactly. We're over there killing fellas in flip-flops, tank tops. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, Andy, who are you going for? Uh, oh, uh, big, good, big baby, mate. Good, good, big baby. Go to be man. Baby. Moxie, man. But Moxie, that guy just deciding, fuck this shit. I'm Jerome. I want my car back. <laughs> Brownsville, Brownsville in the building. Let's go. Brownsville, massive baby. Let's fucking rock, rock out with your car. Mate. Let's fucking go. That's why there's no car dealerships in Brownsville, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> They're all burned in. <laughs> I wonder, is it what is it about Brownsville fighters as well? By the way, because you got to think, Riddick Bow, Mike Tyson, and Shannon Briggs are all from Brownsville as well. <laughs> so maybe there's something in the water out there. Fuck me. Teddy Atlas used to kick about that area as well, didn't he? Yeah. I think he's in the Catskills, wasn't he? From Staten Island originally. I think. Staten Island. Yeah, his dad was a doctor, Fuck. but he ran with the dudes on the street. They actually had a really good interview on the Lex Friedman podcast with him recently. I normally don't listen to Lex, but there was a very good interview about his life with Cubs. Do you know why I don't listen so. to him? Because I never fucking watch this podcast in my life, and his, he's in my algorithm every day. Just Lex Friedman. Is it, it, I don't give a shit about this fella. Who the fuck is he? Who is it? Who's that? Lex this Friedman. This Lex Friedman character. All right, never heard of him. Wish him well. Yeah, wish him well, exactly. He's doing well. Not as well as Joel Miller, though. That's Andy's choice for Bow of the Week. Uh, Joe, who are you going for? I'm going to go for Matilda's dad himself, the uh, odometer <laughs> fiddling. Yeah, Rick Laser, the, the scourge of single Satan. mothers. <laughs> <laughs> he loves to nibble this fella. Loves to nibble as well. His Twitter is just so much, so much gold. He just comes back at everyone with this like old man kind of Italian stuff. So yeah, definitely, definitely Laser. And if you can get that video as well of him giving the security guards a bit, a bit of grief from last night as well, it's hilarious. Good stuff. Yeah, I'll go for Glazer as well. That's two for Rick, one for Jarrell. Matty, who are you going for? Oh, I got to go with Jarrell Miller because, Steve, let, let's look at it from the th- frame of Jarrell Miller's last month. Ooh. He travels to Saudi Arabia. He says to First them, class he needs, as well, by the way. He, he, he says he needs 400000 more dollars because he's in financial straits. They give it to him, at which point he converts to Islam. Then... He gets knocked out by Daniel Dubois with 15 seconds left to go in the fight. He comes back home to find his truck has been repossessed, at which point he goes and tries to physically uh, accost the people and get it back and is arrested for that, uh, for that whole uh, incident <laughs> and finds himself potentially looking at jail time. That's you one think, of the um... most interesting months in the history of... Uh, of any man, I, I Mike Tyson could have pulled that shit off any cooker man. Do you think like a fucking shitty fucking Forrest Gump? Just great. Tell him you from here though. <laughs> do you think? Do you think the missus was like, big baby? Maybe we shouldn't do this. You were just on TV last week. He was like, bitch. I was on the zone. Nobody see that shit. Stop the fucking. <laughs> or hear it. <laughs> I need to know. I need to know more about this woman that he's pulled in. Though I mean, the, the, the whole thing's been poorly planned. But you didn't bring well, in the. Serafina was here. once a scorned big baby Miller. That's right. So she was. Wasn't she? Yeah. And she said yeah. everybody oh, yeah. gets sucker dick at one stage in defense of big baby Miller. But then afterwards, he turned turned on yeah. him. So maybe he just can't find the right woman, man. He's looking in the wrong places, maybe. My money says she can breathe through her nose pretty well. 
Uh, yeah, uh, Rob, before you... Not that he's going to know about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just coming with a quote from, from Big Baby himself, apparently, who said, God gives the toughest battles to his strongest soldiers. Also extending a very special thanks to my trailblazing attorney, John Weeks, who says, after the facts are revealed, we are all confident uh, he will be vindicated. I'm prayerful and look forward to a favourable resolution. He's been saved with only Conor Ben, though, eh? That's what I'm talking about. In the States, anything is possible, baby. Only in America. If you have the money, you can make that shit go. Yeah. Hey, come on, big baby. It's Tony Weeks, well, not John Weeks, to get mad at this one. <laughs> Tony <laughs> Weeks to stop the case early. early. They'll stop it early. <laughs> stop this trial. Stop this trial. Here you got Rob. Oh, it's got to be fucking... Was close from, uh, I got, B-Hobbins doing it. B-Hobbins needs to stop going around when Ellie Sackback is around fucking bumping into people and wanting to fight him in the bathroom. He has to stop that, but I think Big Baby Miller, after, like like Maddie said, like, what a fucking trajectory and a timeline. Like, sometimes I look back at my life and think, shit, man, have I ever had a crazy life? But then I think of that, like, I cannot imagine the situation where that unfolds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is literally, as Matty says, mate, he is literally flown back for Saudi Arabia. Like, what's a, what's a truck in America? Tony literally, K or whatever? Like him, he... I don't know. Where, where does he stay? Florida? I have no idea where he stays right now. Anyway, he, he's got home. He's realised the fucking car's been repoed. He's like, fuck this shit, man. I'm Jerome Miller. I've been fighting Saudi Arabia. I've fucking got fucking four, four stacks to back. Yeah. That's just tremendous, man. I mean, he's got to spend all that money on your lawyer's fees and fucking, honest to God. He's, got to he's probably waiting on the check to clear and he should have just got his pay by Bitcoin Rodney. He's phoning Turkey L. Mac. He's phoning Turkey L. Mac, man. He's saying, hey, dude, I need back on that. He's like, yo, your excellency, there's been a problem in fucking Brownsville. I'm going to need your help. Look at his mugshot as well. He's like, Look at him like fucking hell. <laughs> on the come yeah, down. <laughs> Anthony George, you know who AJ must be laughing at this shit so hard, man. He's in his sitting room with his in his big plush house with his fucking friends, his entourage yes men, and they're all just pulling up the mugshot on the fucking phone and laughing their brains out right now. Like actually I love that from AJ when they had their little confrontation and Miller was barking at him again, calling him pussy, and he was like, Remember. You blew fucking seven million. You blew seven million. <laughs> it was fucking brilliant. It's, it's just always remember you blew seven million. Brilliant. Oh, was landlord. It's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're seven million poor dollars poorer than you should be, and you're fat. Shut the fuck up. Well said, Matty. <laughs> Maybe Big Baby will get in the fucking another's fucking group and turn his life around. Yeah, he might do, exactly. I mean, hey, you don't remember General Miller's uh, Instagram post right after the uh, Ruiz knocked him out? And he's like, you're just sitting there silently with the, with the eyes rolling back, going, oh, you're like, think yourself, dude, you just fucking blew it, man. That, that could have been you right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that could have been you on it the night. Been, it should have been him, and he was in AJ's head, and if AJ, AJ obviously shit the bed that night as well and was fucking at stage fright or whatever it was set up from, like, fucking hell. Well, his life was on the down spiral, but it's on the way up again now because he's the Belly of the Week winner for episode 554. Congratulations to you, Jarrell Miller. Just a quick one from Michael McElway, who threw in a tenner earlier in the solo super chat. Before we get out of here, Rob, is there anything you want to uh, say about the weekend's action, maybe about <laughs> poor old O'Hara? <laughs> I just found it. I, I was actually fucking delighted for Barroso, actually, because the way they 
robbed him against the masterful Rowley, who clearly fucking showed the world how good he was, as Dave Lee said. It just goes to show you how fucking good Rowley is if he easily beat Barroso like that. But um, I was brilliant to see him. Like, he's fucking... What age is he? Like, he's fucking... 78 or something like he's down on his knees like that celebrating like he's older as he's older than he says he is anyway and talk him i think him and luke littler are fucking in the same kind of <laughs> same kind of stables you get me um but i thought that was same tremendous around, yeah, he was yeah the model for the heads on easter island luke littler's gonna be injecting the barroso's blood into him to Virgil Ortiz makes me excited for the future of the welterweight division when Crawford leaves the sport. Like I think he's fucking, mm. he's got he's a thunderous puncher. Like and his technique is fucking brilliant, and he just keeps the KO streak going. But obviously the stoppage is a joke. I mean he was going to stop the guy. There's no doubt about that. Like he was definitely going to get to him and fucking bang him out of there. But Tony Weeks was like, all right, man, let the fucking fight happen. Would you like, Jesus? But yeah, that was good. But also having his moment. I mean, O'Hara Davis is like, what, what can you do in that situation with him? I mean, he fell for the fucking, like, he is a poor fighter, like, and he actually f- improved a lot over the years, so I don't want to kind of take too much away from Eddie fucking ditched him. He did really, really well to get himself back into a world title position. He won that golden contract and all that, like, and he was there on merit. It just fucking, it's just levels, man. He's just, he never had it that way. Like, he could punch a little bit, but his skill, his skill set is not there, and Barroso just fucking lined him up, by the way. If you look at the knockout, like, he threw kind of, to really, 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 really slow, <laughs> throw away fucking southpaw feints, and then came right across with the left hook after O'Hara reached. Like, and that was the fucking end of the fight. They could have, they could have rolled it off there. If Tony Weeks had a fucking been refing that one, he might have saved him from because he was saying the ref was like, Do you want to continue? And O'Hara Davis was like, Do like there was not the fucking <laughs> he was looking at the floor and all. Like, what do you mean? Do you want to continue? We can't even yeah. fucking see. Like, he should have pulled him. The ref there was a bit of a disgrace. He should have pulled him out after the first knockdown. That was too heavy like to come back from. And then, obviously, it was... But, yeah, I don't want to fucking spend too much time. I'm sure he's a fucking trash out there. But, yeah, I entertained the start of the year, let's say. And Big Baby keep, keeping us going on a, on a fucking absolute blinder. Doing an absolute blinder to ring in 2024. Big Baby, Big Baby Repo Miller. Fuck me, the Repo Man. <laughs> the Repo Man. Absolutely right. Uh, that is where we shall leave it for 554. Thank you to everybody who's been in the chat, everybody on the panel as well. We've had Rob there, we've had Andy, Joe Kennedy's joined us, Matty D. Gelonardo, and Des was on earlier. Matty will be in the hot seat next week for episode 555. Don't forget to hit the like, subscribe, or oh, you can do none of them things actually if you want. You can join us next week though on YouTube. I've been Steve Wellings. We'll catch you all again, same time, same place next week. And bye. We'll never forget. We want to be honest, yeah. Crying like a little bitch. I've never met a fucking soul that can fight me. I fell asleep. I fell asleep. You're a fucking bum. You're a fucking asshole. Rump or fucking stealth skin. But allegedly, Oscar Rivas has has failed has failed a test. Seven year old. Seven, you're I'm fucking smash. Fuck are you? I hope you fucking die. Be safe. I love boxing sounds. As simple as that. Sports Social Podcast Network.